Yo, what's good, bro? Met you at Best Buy when I was working there. No longer working there. Shout out to your radio show. Appreciate the card. Just wanted to let you know, man, I got that fire stick waiting on you. Free movies, free cable, free sports. Get at me when you're ready. I got them. 832-387-7014. Yes, sir. Have a great day. Here we go. You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rock. Yay! Yeah! What up, everybody? This your boy, B-Rob, and I am your host of the Random Ramblings with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week and uh, listening to my podcast or however you listen to podcasts. You might not listen to them weekly. You might listen to them monthly or bi-weekly or bisexually or however it is you do it. And if you're a first-time listener, I also like to thank you for tuning in and listening to my little shindig Aruni and stuff. Um, as always, I've been doing this shit for over a year and I'm going to sit here and apologize to you for the audio quality. Um, I'm sitting here currently in my van recording this on my USB microphone and iPad mini. Reason being is, um, I'm doing some out of town work and usually they put us up in a room and everything. And usually I got the thing all to myself, but from unforeseen circumstances have uh, caused us to double up in rooms. So instead of me dragging all my shit up into the room and taking over my roommates fucking uh, living quarters and everything with all my shit and me and loud and rambunctious because it's uh, late hours here now, uh, I just went, sat in the van and uh, recorded some things and everything. <laughs> so, yeah, that's about it. So, this intro is going to be short and sweet to the point. And uh, we're just going to dive right in. I mean, I got some voicemails. I got another whimsical tale from Hoppy Rogers that you're going to hear here momentarily. And also, I got a response to the rap battle laid down by motherfucking Ray from the Naked Porch podcast in response to last week, Jody B, the motherfucking king of the voicemail and everything. So Ray is responding to Jody B's uh, rap battle, uh, freaking talk his freaking spoken word rap <laughs> last week. So I'm going to let you hear both of those. But before I even just transition into that thing, I have a guest this week. It goes by the name of J.J. Blake. He is a professional wrestler, and he is currently, at this time of this recording, the ROW, Reality of Wrestling, that's what ROW stands for, uh, television champion. So, we talk about a number of things. Wrestling eventually comes up on the agenda, but uh, we talk about a number of things. We talk about uh, movies and... Um, one most important thing, uh, Iron Fist and how it was actually good. Yes, that's right. He's an Iron Fist sympathizer like myself. <laughs> so we cover a whole gambit of things. And, um, 
eventually at the end we get into wrestling and um we just talk about a whole bunch of shit man it's pretty cool if you are, are a uh, patron to the show that means you contributing uh, monetarily um you've already heard this episode unedited i mean you didn't you're not getting me uh with my melodic tones or sitting here sweating in my van right now because I didn't want to turn this motherfucker on and have all the engine sounds and noises on the recording. But um, you heard the episode with J.J. Blake already unedited. So now you can hear it again. Edited it <laughs> with my inputs and whatever. And giggity. Oh, drop my phone. Also, it was asked to me by um, one of the listeners. Um, to put this information out there on uh, May 23rd, 2017 in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, a girl by the name of Jacqueline Landry um, goes by Daisy Lynn, uh, 18 years of age. She went missing. She went to a friend's house and um, she never came back home and um, she's missing right now. So I just want to put the word out. If you out there in the Louisiana Lafayette area. Um, keep an eye out. She is uh, five foot one, about 105 pounds, light brown hair, shoulder length with uh, blue eyes. She has a tattoo of a Chinese symbol above her left breast and a small triangle on the inside of her right wrist. And she also has uh, two burn marks, uh, one above her breast and one on the outside of her left forearm. So, um, once again, that name is Jacqueline Landry, goes by Daisy Lynn. Um, she's been missing since May 23rd of uh, 2017, and the family is uh, looking for her. So if you have any information on the whereabouts, um, call the number 337-236-5620. I have some um, pictures posted on my Facebook page and on Instagram. So you can um, kind of get a visual of uh, what the girl looks like. So if you're out there in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana area or the surrounding area, um, keep an eye out. And um, we can get some prayers to the family. Um, hopefully they get their child home here soon and swiftly. And it's kind of fucked up, you know. I don't like to talk about stuff like that, but I mean... You know, I mean, I have a listenership and whatever I can do with that, you know, to get the word out, to help this family in need. Um, uh, hey, man, I'm obligated to do so. So um, if you can, keep your eyes open and information, call that number 337-236-5620. Shit's unfortunate, man. I can't imagine one of my kids, you know, not coming home at the end of the night or whatever it is. But in any case, like I said, man, gonna keep it rolling. And um, what you're going to hear before we lead into the interview with J.J. Blake is a, a whimsical, another whimsical tale from Hoppy Rogers and the response to Jody B's battle spoken word rap by Ray from the Naked Porch Podcast.
that voicemail crown, girl, they didn't take it, yo Ain't nobody fighting, just supporting our favorite show I guess I crossed the line and came with you kinda hard Suck it, suck it on the voicemail, being a silly tart I don't know what's going on, I'm just trying to have some fun Making calls, talking shit, random raw, plays them all on the show Even if these salty crackers got no flow like someone Yeah, I think you know Joey Didn't mean to offend, so please don't get me wrong Coming at me battle rap style, I have to drop that bomb Talking shit to Jody don't make me feel all kinda good But you can keep that voice for crisis when you look kinda good Now random rocks behind the scenes, pulling at these puppet strings Hyping shit, pitting fans against each other like a wicked puppet master It's disaster, such a bastard, deep or lesser That motherfucker in the New York cackler Man, we just checking in from the Dirty South. Uh, if y'all don't know the Dirty South, that's uh, the left side of Texas, over to South Crackalacka, uh, down from the uh, uh, bottom tip of Florida to the tippy top of Kentucky. You know what I'm talking about? But look, man, I used to have this girlfriend, uh, Becca, and she got off on doing it like on other people's property. So, you know, sometimes whatever your girl into, you got to be into. So this girl, uh, she likes just finding like you know people's farms or you know back of their house behind their garage. That's where she wanna get it. So one day we was walking uh, down this country road and there was a long driveway and she was like, well let's see what's back in here. So we walked back in there and uh, the driveway cuts left and the guy owns the property on both sides of the driveway and there's a little spot of like five trees and some little bushes and stuff. She was like, that's cool. Let's head up over there. So we get naked, and I'm fucking the shit out of her back on somebody's property. And you can see the house, but it was like, you know, two football fields away or something. But the driveway is like 40, 40 yards away. So I'm getting it, I'm getting it, I'm getting it. And uh, I look up, this horse done walked over there and is watching us. And it's kind of weird, but he wasn't bothering us, so I just keep on getting it, getting it. Well, here come the motherfucker coming home, right? Drives right past us. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So I, like, like I got red swimming trunks is what I was wearing. So, like, I'm h- h- hanging them all up under my body so they don't see because, you know, red sticks out in, in the middle of some green bushes and all that. Well, he don't see us, goes in the house, and she's like, well, fuck it. Let's finish. So, shit, I knock it out about another four minutes and, and uh, you know, do my thing and all that, and we're done now. Well, right when we're done, this motherfucker come outside with his dogs, and they're not on a leash, okay? So, like... I'm like, fuck, they're going to smell us. We just fucked. Well, somehow we stay down and low and the dogs never never even see us or, or, or nothing. They're not aware of it. So they go back in the house. Our adrenaline's blowing. He gets back in the house and we're like, let's go. So, like, this driveway, like I told you, is a long fucking driveway, like two football fields. So we're fucking, like, threatened to get down uh, into this driveway before he come back out. Well, apparently he was just coming home at lunch to let his dogs out and was getting ready to leave. So we were, like, halfway down the driveway. This motherfucker cuts the turn, and, like, we both jump in this this big old ditch. And it's, you know, full of weeds and all this. So we're thinking, like, you know, do we make it in the ditch before he's seen us and laid eyes on us? So uh, she's in a bikini, and I'm just in swimming trunks laying in this fucking ditch. And I hate peppermint. God damn it, I hate peppermint. And I'm writing a peppermint patch. And he stops right where we're at and starts fucking with the horse. And we don't know if, like, he's looking for us 
or just fucking with the horse. But he, we lay in there a good while. Motherfucker, you got to get a new voicemail, man. It cuts us all off. It cuts all of us off all the time. And then we got to start our story over trying to get the, the momentum back. Okay. So anyway, uh, he drives off, and we get up out the ditch and get on our merry way. And, you know, we're like, whoa, Scott free. But little did we know, we got the chiggers. If you all are from the country, or not from the country, and ever been out there, a chigger is like a no seam little thing, and it gets under your skin and lays eggs, and uh, and then you know they they come out or whatever. But it, you itch like a motherfucker while they're in there. You know, little larvae, motherfucker, be rob. I got chiggers in my balls, my balls. I'm talking. It was horrible. It was horrible. Chiggers in my balls. We got some things to discuss, Mr. Yes, Airman. sir. He was in the Air Force, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was a good. Let me think. A good nine years of my life. Not nine, about eight. So you saying that? Isn't you probably in the same age bracket, there? Uh, I'm 26, man. Oh shit, we not in the same age bracket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, right out of right out of high school, man. But not right out of high school, man. I, I chilled for a year. I just got into wrestling right after that. Um, so I started training. I worked at McDonald's. I'm just like, man, this ain't gonna this ain't gonna cut it, man. I'm over here working at McDonald's trying to train and stuff. I got I don't got no money to do no. I'm gonna I'm gonna play money. So I started to join the Air Force about uh, at 19. So I've just been been keeping up with it. It's all. That's like 2009. Yeah, so about. Yeah, yeah, 2009. So, yeah, about eight years. So, that was like more of um, using the reserves or full active? Uh, active for four of those years. Yeah, to the day. Was it four? <laughs> then I've been uh, in reserve. Okay. That's cool. I mean, I know you're doing things with um, ROW and everything. I mean, are you from Houston or are you from somewhere else? Uh, no, no, sir. I'm actually uh, from Virginia. I want to get real technical with the California. Um, well, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I've been all over, man. Um, I was born in California, raised, raised in Sacramento uh, for about nine years, and then my mom married my dad and uh, went up to Virginia. So I spent like I pretty much spent ten years on each coast, pretty much. Like I spent ten years uh, over here, you know, um, East Coast, and ten years West Coast. And then now I'm, you know, down here. So I don't know what's staying down here for 10 years. It's not the plan, but, you know, see how things work out. Yeah, I got you. So, I mean, shit, you know, you've been on the on the left coast and the right coast. And now you're down, mm-hmm. down this way. I mean. <laughs> In the Gulf Coast, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what was that like for you culture-wise and everything? I mean, you've seen the east and the west, and now you're down here in the south. It's different, man. And I ain't gonna lie, I'm not getting trouble for this, man. Not a big fan of the South. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a city boy, is what it is. And so, luckily, I'm over. You know, my, my opinion, pretty much, is basically the city is pretty much, you know, all cities are pretty much uh, alike. Not the same, but they're alike. You got the same kind of people, melting pot type of thing. Uh, it's, you know, it's not just like, oh, look, New York and Chicago, two different places. They are different places, but you're still gonna have the di- diversity. And I like diversity. I don't like to be in a small. Uh, you know, small you know, country town somewhere, whatever. So when I'm traveling, 
that's when I see the majority of the differences and whatnot. You know, traveling California, you'll be going through valleys and grape valleys and stuff like that for the wineries and stuff. Yeah. And then you'll go uh, uh, travel through you know desert or whatever. And everybody's just kind of just chill, relax. And then you go traveling through Texas, and everything's kind of all you know, doing, 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 like kind of like that. You know, which is cool. <laughs> it's, it's whatever. Uh, but you know, even with that though, it still brings a certain air of like. This is alright. This is cool, I guess. I don't like it, <laughs> pretty much. And that's the thing, because when I travel in Virginia, when I was in Virginia going north, I love that drive. I'm from uh, uh, Chesapeake, and that's like at the bottom of Virginia, the East Coast, right in the water. Yeah. Almost about 20, minutes, 20 miles from the uh, ocean front. And driving up north to New York City or whatever, like, man... It's 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 just such a, like a it's an oceanside drive. You go into the Babers Tunnel, then you get into uh get into Maryland and whatnot, Ocean City, all that stuff. And it's right by the water the whole time, man. And I, I just like it. Delaware. Um, then you get to Jersey, and then everything goes you know goes south. But still, <laughs> Jersey cool. It's all right. <laughs> that Turnpike ain't no game though. But nah, like it's just uh, the East Coast just has a feel to it, man. When you travel up to the East Coast, it's just a different feel. Uh, traveling through Texas kind of a little slower and whatnot. Alabama, Louisiana. Um, Georgia's kind of pretty, man. You got them rolling hills and whatnot. But just every every place, every part of the country has its own flavor and whatnot. Um, and I just like to try to, you know, keep open mind and sample it and, you know, see how it tastes, see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I get everything you're saying, man, because, like, I mean, I've did it in kind of reversal. I'm from down this way. I'm from Louisiana. And when I joined the military... I went to the East Coast and I've been on the East Coast majority of my career, but I've mm-hmm. also been to California. I stayed out there for a couple summers and um, did things out on the West Coast as well. So, I mean, <laughs> my only gripe and complain about the West Coast is like you talk about California and all that shit is like I can remember taking the long <laughs> ass drives <laughs> and not seeing shit. The whole way, and that shit would drive me fucking crazy. All I'm seeing is rocks, well, dirt. What well, part, though? What well, part? Yeah, I was just about to say, I'm about to get uh, specific with that. What well, part of California? Northern California, beautiful. Yeah. Southern California, yeah. yeah I, was, <laughs> I don't know about no Southern California, though. <laughs> I was down around um, Barstow, you know, mm, San Bernardino and all yeah. that other crap. Yeah. Yeah, that, that thing, that's in the middle, so you're kind of getting some stuff. I'm at the waypoint. I ain't got shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man yeah that's why i'm just like yeah, yeah. <laughs> now i know the california man you got the trees and stuff the evergreens and whatnot lake tahoe and all that pretty stuff so yes yeah, it's, it's it california is so big uh it's yeah. definitely a uh you know it's, it's hard to unless you meet someone that's right from the same area you're gonna get that yeah oh yeah i love california i hate california well yeah. sacramento's cool oh i was down south oh Oh, well, there you go. I got to think of vice versa, actually. Sacramento was born. Oh, well, I'm in L.A., so, you know, I don't tell you, homie. Yeah. You know, so you get that back and forth. Yeah, I think that's what it was for me, because anytime I went to California, it was for a training exercise. So automatically, I went to the desert. I didn't go to all those cool places. Mm, okay. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah, and whenever I did go, go out there for the summer as a kid or whatever, we was out there in Barstow. Which is freaking where military do their thing at as far as the Marine Corps. We, that's where we, uh, freaking ship our vehicles to, um, mm. through the railhead so we can bring them to, um, goddamn, what's that goddamn place? I done been there enough times. Oh, Camp what Wilson. Camp Wilson out there by freaking Jericho and all that oh, shit. Oh, okay. 
mm, okay, Palm okay. Springs. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, when you say exercise, you ain't had no fun. I'm like, mm, okay, you must have not been in the Air Force. Then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Air Force life, bro. I'm like, yeah, I have fun wherever I went. Yeah, we, uh, we used yeah, to. I got to go out there and play that real game, you know, play that ground game and stuff like that. They want to take you out there. It looks like Afghanistan. So yeah, yeah. that that sounds all right. Yeah, we would tease y'all and envy y'all at the same time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I know, I know y'all's man. You know, y'all's hating. It's cool. <laughs> nah, I mean, but you know, the thing is though, for real, uh, you know, the branches, you know, they all have such a different skill set and, uh, skill set and a purpose, you know, so it's like, you know, regardless of all the teasing at the end of the day, man, you know, we all got our, our role and, uh, we all got to be good at our role and some roles just ain't, just ain't going to be, you know, out there getting, I was watching uh, this movie called Sandcastle on Netflix, man. And, and it was re- it was it was pretty. I, I imagine it was pretty damn accurate. It felt it felt extremely like, oh yeah, that's the military stuff right there. But I never been in that situation. But it was just yeah. news in Afghanistan. Just you know, hey, here's a here's here's a week in Afghanistan. And it was pretty brutal. And I'm just like, man, you know, those guys are just those those guys are some freaking warriors, man. You know, people can't the normal person cannot cannot do that. Normal person cannot handle that. Uh, Marines, you know, Marines and uh, the infantry and the army, man. They're a special breed of people, and I give mad props to them, mad respect to them. Yeah, that should be, <laughs> that should be crazy, man, because, like, like I said, we hated y'all, but we envied y'all at the same time. Because, like, I can remember many a times to where, you know, I did come, you know, when I did encounter Air Force personnel or even going to an Air Force base, I was just fucking, I was just fucking amazed, man. I was like, what the hell? Especially the child hall. I think my one of my very first experiences, yeah. <laughs> one of my very first experiences with a freaking Air Force base and the the dining facility, it, it fucking blew my mind. Cause like, all right, we Marine Corps base, we just go in there. They got a lady at the front counter and everything. She take your meal card number down. She actually, if you want fast child or slow child, and she's sitting there with this hairnet on her head and warts on her face and. <laughs> you know, she's somebody's spouse, mm-hmm. so I can't talk too bad about her. And then I go in there and they just flop some meat on my tray and I'd be like, hey, can I get some of them burritos? I said, nah, you can only have either the meat or the burrito. I was like, well, goddamn. I was like, all right, well, give me yeah. this. <laughs> and then, you know, that's what it is. I get some rinky dink ass drink machine that hardly work and is majority giving me water because that's all we rate. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's what it is. But I go to a motherfucking Air Force dining facility. I can tell you which one it was. It was Seymour motherfucking Johnson. Ooh, man, that's a crappy one, too. <laughs> See? Look at that. <laughs> yeah, man. See, you saying that's crappy, and that was like the Taj Mahal for me. <laughs> I walk in there, I, it's like freaking, they got these little display counters and the food is spinning around on trays and there's like yeah take whatever you want and then women make you mad real quick or you you cool nah, go ahead i don't care so they got this new thing and i didn't really know what it was like i knew it was an initiative that they had but they were trying to do this new i don't, I don't know what it's called for, but it's just this it's, uh for the child hall it is like an experiment i don't know what they it was something weird but I'm like, how can it be different? I mean, like, how can you further increase this experience? I go in there, and man, I tell you, bro, I go in there, and these people, these people had uh, a pizza section, mm-hmm. they had a sub section, they had a wrap section, they had a we'll cook you food section, they had a we'll cook you a sandwich of your choosing section. The sub was a cold sub. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't the cook. It wasn't the cook sub. 
man. And then, then they had the food weirds display and all the other fun stuff. Um, so that's what I had. But man, like what you were saying, the hotline, the cold line, the stir fry, goddamn pizza line. Yeah, oh, yeah, the stir fry line, bro. I'm telling you, like it's like in there because they're saying it's some kind of new. Uh, uh, I don't know what the word was. There's some word for it. Uh, when they have those tests, when they're testing something out on the on the on the men and stuff like that, it's one of those things. And they they I walk in. This is at uh Barksdale up in Louisiana, and I was you know I was over there for a little bit, and I was just like, man, this is some nonsense. Because one, because one, just Barksdale in general, all just all the cool stuff. Because they got the command, they got the uh the the uh the wing there. The yeah. what's it called? Oh, the Global Strike Command is there. The Global Strike Command. Uh, you know, whenever the base has the the, con- the the combat command or whatever it is, you know, they get all the cool, fun stuff. I was over there up the boonies up in North Dakota. They ain't give a they give a, a rat's butt about us, man. So I'm just like, oh, so they get everything, huh? That's how it happens. That's how we do. And when they take a picture of the airplanes, they did it down in Barksdale, and everyone up to North Dakota took the picture of the airplanes. I'm like, okay, I see y'all. So yeah, me and. I feel your pain a little bit, just a little bit, not that much. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> I see you know all that shit, and I was just like, "What the hell?" And then what? What? What was the real kicker for me is I was done with my tray and everything. You know, usually mm-hmm. you know we done, we go take it to the little thing, scrape our tray off, and dump it in the thing, and we gone by the mm-hmm. house. The lady came out there and took my tray. Yeah, she, bro. I was like, what the <laughs> hell is this? I, I didn't, I, I didn't know how to react to that. I was like, she tried to take my tray. I thought we was about to fight in that motherfucker. I was like, leave my tray alone. <laughs> yeah, man. They try to take your tray, bro. Shooting it. And, and at the very least, what you should have done, what you usually do is they have you pit it in a little, uh, it's a big old bin on wheels and you slide it in there. It has a little slot for it. You slide it in there and then they just roll the whole thing back and get it clean. So yeah, man. Uh, culture shock. Air Force does it big. <laughs> and then I- I'm coming out there. I'm all dirty and stank because I come from the field and everything. And y'all are pristine and pressed. And <laughs> I, 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 hold up. Mm-mm. See, I, I actually had a real job in the Air Force. I didn't just sit there and uh, I didn't just sit there and do that uh, uh, finance accounting stuff. No offense to those guys. No offense to those guys. They always mess up my pay no matter what. So yeah, offense to those guys because they got the easy job <laughs> and they so busy going out to college. Go doing college while they're supposed to be working and stuff, and and and, and I don't even know what doing two hour PT days. They outside playing flag football. Those mm, I'm, I'm not even gonna get started with the salt train, but trust me, I'm a little bit there with you. I was aircraft maintenance. We're uh, mission essential, man. Us security forces, missileers, and a couple other guys. Mission yeah. essential. We 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 legit like we don't get none of that fun stuff. Like our trial hall. Like if we had a slow day. Cool, go to child, eat some food, you know, whatever, you deserve it, you know, cool. If it ain't a slow day, which it usually wasn't, we had the exact same thing you was talking about. I go up there, what's the social? Here you go. What do you want? Uh, I want box number seven. Okay, here you go. Exactly. <laughs> you get box number seven. You get some, you might get some Uncrustables if you're lucky. If not, you get a sandwich in the baggie. <laughs> like, oh man, dude. So I definitely had that in uh, Anderson up in Guam. Same thing, like they have the flight kitchen and they just give you a box of food. And it was actually pretty good sometimes. Like, you know, it just depends on, uh, they pretty much got the leftovers. So sometimes they have no food, right? They'll have a little bit of food or, you know, most times when they got their stuff, they'll have everything and they, they, they got rid of it or whatever. You had the choice between orange and yellow Gatorade, both flavors I hate. Um, <laughs> I actually hate orange, orange, but, you know, yellow is whatever. Lemonade is I, uh, lemon lime. And then, uh, 
the sandwiches were turned into the, just the, here's two pieces of white bread with a thin layer of peanut butter. And oh, I forgot the jelly. So it'll be little stuff like that. I'll make me mad. Cause I'm like, how do you forget? How do you forget to do your job? It's, you just gotta pick peanut butter and jelly. If I forget to do my job, you know, I might, you know, I might have a, a, a aircraft flying around with a freaking flashlight, you know, in a compromising <laughs> position. So if I lose, if I do my job and mess it up, you know, I might lose my career, like flat out. These Jews do some stuff and mess up. They just lose, uh, they just, they just don't lose nothing. They just kind of get a stern talking to. Uh, so yeah, man, um, I was in that boat. So I come in there. You know, sweaty, you know, oily or whatever, whatever we're doing for the day. And, uh, you know, get that whole, hey, what you want, which box number you want. So I feel you, man. I feel you. I feel your pain just a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I want to, I want to emphasize a little bit part. <laughs> and then, um, not, not only that, um, uh, it's just damn the living conditions as well. I seen a, oh, bar- I know that. I seen mm-hmm. the Air Force barracks. And I was just like, mm-hmm. "What the, is this a hotel? What is this? <laughs> they had down in a little common area. They had the motherfuckers where you can go in there, you can rent a PlayStation and take it to your room. I was like, what the hell is this? Oh, I never seen that. I know. It was some weird shit to me, man. <laughs> you might have been one of them cool yeah, well, spots. They do little different stuff. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes they will do stuff. I, I, I vaguely remember something like that in the dormitories for tech school since you're not there a long time yeah i do remember like a dvd renting station so we did have stuff like that but i feel like that could be anywhere i feel like you could have that in the marines too like if it was just some dudes that were like uh uh you know super active or whatever and they're all you know kind of hype about the squadron or whatever hey guys let's get all the old dvds together and we can rent them out to people and we can have a snack bar like that's just yeah. that thing where it's not air force mandated it's someone who's like hey i got an idea yeah. and they do that so that's just some nerdy guys that bring cool ideas and yeah. that, that's what I loved about the military. Is you got all these kind of people um, that are there that are all uh, they all have their own, you know, skill set. They all have their experiences that they bring and their good ideas turns into, uh, you know, their good ideas turn into like these. He's just, oh, man, that's awesome. Who's I deal with that? Oh, man, Johnson want to do that. Oh, man, Johnson want to do that. Man, that's awesome, dude. Like whatever, man, you know, freaking game tournaments or whatever. Uh you know, beer, uh, a beer party where I don't drink, so I don't know, but beer or something like they would do some stuff where they go out and get kegs and have a barbecue. So they would do all kinds of stuff, man. Um, you know, so some of that's just like, you know, the men themselves. Trust me, we just yeah. went by the Air Force standard. We would definitely not have as much stuff, but the dorms, I feel you on, because when I got in, they were, they had just, uh, building new dorms up. That was another one of those things they're experimenting on and kind of checking out and seeing, you know, what to, you know, how they're going to make this happen for the dorms I was in. They don't. They try to pit me in with one person dorms. Yeah, and they're putting two of us in each one of them. Yeah, and I ain't gonna lie to you. I like nice things. I don't like to be cramped up with some 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 bull like that. So I, I forget how. Oh, I they didn't get me to the right section. So the guy I talked to wasn't my actual uh, sponsor. So when I went and found my actual guy I was supposed to talk to, he was like, "Do you have a dorm?" And I thought about it for a second, and I said, "He technically said loner key." And I said, nope. <laughs> and then they went and got me to the dorm. I was like, hey, might as well gamble. And I got lucky and got in with the uh, security forces guy. We were still sharing the dorm, but it was designed for two people. So it was better. Uh, two guys in the same room, whatever. And um, it had more room, whatever. And he was always gone five days a week. He was gone. And then they made the, the, the refurbished ones had it. So it was just a single room. A small, lot smaller of a room, but it was a single room kind of thing. Uh, shared a bathroom. And then, well, it was only between two people. The other dorms were like share a bathroom between like four people. So that was kind of yeah. like, that was on that mess. Um, you know, people are only get in the military to get away from home. They just don't want to clean nothing. Uh, so after that, 
trying to think. After that, um, yeah, man, that's pretty much yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was pretty cool. Now, however, they got these like hotel type rooms, where they got the kitchen in there in the center. Like you got like four yeah. rooms attached to a little mini living area. You got a kitchen in there and a refrigerator provided to you by the United States military. And you got a microwave, and you got your own room and your own bathroom in your own room. Like, mm-hmm. bruh, mm-mm, mm-mm. So I ain't one of them guys that's like, hey, I want people to suffer just because I had to suffer. Definitely not. That's not my thing. But mm, some some stuff is too nice. We, we're getting too <laughs> too. We're getting too comfortable up in here, man. And then they're gonna go on deployment and get stuck in the uh in the contingency dorms, and they're gonna be sitting there a double thing in their life. They're gonna be sitting there trying to figure out why they're in the military because they're using that that nice little stuff. So. Um, that's pretty much how that works out. <laughs> yeah, man. Cause I can remember when I first moved into the barracks when I joined, it was we had three men rooms with fucking five people in that bitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then um, I think you know as time went on, you know they started um reconfiguring the barracks and everything, and just like you said, they started making specifically designed two man rooms and everything with the one toilet and they didn't have to share because I, I remember yeah. people they think because the floor is tile and they have drainage grates in it that you can just piss on the floor you can't do that that's not what that's for really <laughs> <laughs> that's just in case some water get on the floor you can just easily that's, that's for cleaning nasty. purposes that's not for you just to pee on <laughs> mm-hmm. that's trifling man that's trifling hey man but I see I know why as a marine you know, being through it for 16 years, I know why we don't get nice things because we don't know how to treat the shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nah, and, and, and the people that you got, you get in the Marines and stuff like that, you know, you know, you got the, it's a trickle down thing. It ain't like a superiority thing. It's just Air Force would be so picky with their people. And the Navy, you know, then they're picky with their people. And then next is, you know, Army, I don't know where the Army Marines stance, stance is at with who they filter in and out and stuff like that. But I know, I can't. One of those branches is just, we'll take anybody who can breathe, as long as you ain't about to die, kind of thing. And uh, yeah, man, like just the people that squeak in through those systems. I think no, I think it's the army that's like the army's like that. The Marines is still on that. Like we want you to have a decent head on your shoulders. We don't know. We don't want no no uh, no mess, kind of thing. And yeah, the people that get in there, the people that the people that get in there, man, you just you just get the 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 who's who. You get the who's who of of of, of nasty trifling people, and I, I I'll never ever ever figure that out. I will never ever ever go just sit down and just write out the equation or 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 write on the whiteboard and the theory of the military. I will never figure it out, man. Um, it's amazing how people just get in there. You just like you look at them and like, where are you from? Oh man, I'm from Oregon. Where in Oregon? Oh, some small town called. Little tree, <laughs> something like that. And you're like, ah, okay, that makes sense. Then, all right, cool. All right, well, nice to meet you, man. Stop pissing in the toilet grate, <laughs> whatever. <Yeah>. <laughs> Stop pissing in the bathroom grate. <laughs> well, I know for a time, man. Um, to to go off what you were saying, it's it was a point in time to where we was just like, hey, man, you got a pulse? Can you stand up straight for twenty minutes? All right, we'll sign mm-hmm. you up. And that was, you know, all a large in part because of nine eleven going down. And we needed yeah. to plus up really fast, so they fucking lax the standards to you know bare minimum, so we can get yeah. That waiver game was strong. Yeah, 
the waivers are strong with this one. Because, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I, I done seen some shit, dog. Like, how are you even breathing right now? Let alone, how did you dress yourself this morning? <laughs> yeah, how did you survive? How did you survive up to this point? I have literally, I have literally asked that question. That's a question I never thought in my life I would ask. Like, how have you survived to this point in your life? Like, have you stayed in this earth for this many years and not died yet from natural selection? And I, I, I'm not joking, man. I'm not joking. I have, I have wondered that about people. I've never thought in my life, not for one second, I would ever look at someone's existence and go, Hey, how did you make it to this point? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I was homeschooled. Oh, oh okay. Explains a lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they get an answer that makes sense. You'd be like, Oh, okay. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. Oh, uh, man. I, I can remember um, uh, one of my last units before I retired and everything. Um, we had a female there and it was just that what you just said, man. How did you survive this long? Because she couldn't wear boots or whatever because she had something mm. wrong with her feet. So she had to wear tennis shoes in her uniform, which was awkward as fuck anyway. And then <laughs> she had mm-hmm. rheumatoid arthritis in her hands and wrists and she had to get driven somewhere to get medical treatment because she had to get these injections in her back and she couldn't drive by herself and it was just all kind of that's just what I remember there's more to that and I'm like how are you here right now what is mm-hmm. <laughs> what is going on right now I was like yeah. cause, I mean she could she can't PT she can't well, she can't what she couldn't PT she can't do you know exercising and shit so mm. She, okay, PT, okay. Yeah, so she can't do, you know, certain things for us because she always got appointments. She's never at fucking work because she got an appointment. And it's not like mm-hmm. something she makes up or whatever. It's like legit she had to go to these appointments. And then mm-hmm. she got to have all kind of accommodations in the barracks. And you know how we just spoke about barracks. And <laughs> that's almost like pulling teeth for us. It's like, all right, you need all these accommodations and you're sharing a room with two to three other people and they don't get these accommodations but you do so how is that fair to everybody else you know yeah i mean eventually they put her out i mean and she getting paid for the rest of her life now but i don't even see how yeah got yeah, a disability yeah i don't even see how i got up to that goddamn point <laughs> what was boot camp like for this person is what i'm trying to figure out <laughs> who knows man because i know for us it's who knows? three months of hell is what boot camp is and I'm saying for y'all, oh, other gentlemen, for her, or for me. Well, for us, like Marine Corps. So I'm like, I don't understand yeah. how she survived three months with all her ailments. I don't. I know that stuff yeah. doesn't just pop up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weird times. That's just the military not having a uh, a good follow through system. I mean, yeah, sometimes they get people and they uh, sometimes they get people and they they're real good about like. Oh, you lied in your thing. You're out, kind of thing. But man, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I got you. There's, there's people that game the system because, like, mm-hmm. there's no doubt in my mind that she had all that shit before she joined. Some of that stuff, anyway. And then, yeah. um, when she got in, when she was in the system, oh, oh, boot camp beat me up so bad. <laughs> oh yeah, and get paid for the rest of your freaking life, man. Yep. See, I had a I had a feeling about that or whatever because like I'm retired now and I rate a certain amount of disability and I can remember you know going through as I was doing my time or whatever I was just like my whole concern was like 
man, I'm, I'm we supposed to be hard, man. I, we come here to work or whatever. I ain't trying to dag on go to medical every five minutes because my back hurt or my knees <laughs> bothering me or some, or some shit like that, you know. Fuck bro, I know somebody like that though, bro. Yeah, I mean, but it's not just I like know somebody like that. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of people like that, man. Because I mean. Yeah. It's just, just be, it's because of the training or whatever, and you know that status quo or whatever. I mean, you a marine, you hard. I mean, this is how we train, we yeah. rough and tough, and you know whatever. I say, man, you can't be no bitch. Talk about your ankle hurt mm-hmm. or whatever, and go to medical because I mean, we still got work to do. God damn it, you know. So mm-hmm. I mean, it was a lot of that majority of my career or whatever, that mentality or whatever. Even like, like there was times to where I knew something was wrong with my body. And I still didn't go. I was like, man, I got to be to work because then if I don't show up, somebody's going to have to cover for me and so on yeah. and so forth. And then yeah. I got shit I got to take care of personally that nobody else knows how to do and so on. So, you know, it was a lot of overlooking shit. But when it got to the end and it was time to check out and be done with this shit, I was like, oh, my neck, my back, uh, my ankle, my elbow, some uh in in the, in the process is crazy as fuck because I guess so many people go through the disability process that mm-hmm. it's a standard that you have. Yeah. It's mandatory that you have certain things or whatever. Like tinnitus, everybody has that. Like you know, mm-hmm. some form of hearing loss. Whether you work around a lot of loud equipment or whatever. oh, I do, I sure yeah, do. Especially man. you, I, 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 yeah, I, I definitely understand because I used to refuel the F-18s and all kind of shit like that. So, but. <laughs> I'm going in there and I'm trying to report my injuries and shit. And the dude's like, all right, so you got hearing loss, right? And I was like, I didn't say that or write that down, but yes, I guess I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to say no. I'm agreeing with you. You're trying to help me out. <laughs> so, I mean, oh man, it's just, I don't know. Cause I remember I had surgery. I had surgery on my goddamn testicles and mm-hmm. I, Shit, they was expecting me back in a week, and that's like a two-week-out period. And I was like, come on, dog. I had my nutsack cut open. What's up? <laughs> Can I get some time? Man, dude, dude, man, I my appendix almost exploded. I caught it before it went that bad because I just – I listen to my body maybe too much sometimes, but I listen to my body. Uh, I, I definitely uh, uh, don't just push myself if I feel something's wrong. Had pressure in my, in my, in my uh, abdominal area. I was like, man, this feels like indigestion. And I never get indigestion. I, I've never in my life gotten I'm too young. This is when I was 21 or 22. I'm like, this is weird. I've never felt this. I had a really crappy back in the gym. So I was like, something has to be wrong. Uh, and I'm not going to tell the story because it's too long of a story. But the the the, the reference I made to the, the person that all, is always hurt, that person was on my shift. And just, she just, oh, man, she just kept on doing stuff and i'm talking like i was run, i was kind of running things you know my my supervisor was like there but he was just being lazy that night so i was like, dropping people off organizing maintenance stuff like that i was like i was on a roll like yeah. i was like man my clock my clock was going i was just like hitting stuff up like just ding 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 just like whatever like everything was going great and tell me why i'm sitting there like i got like her, like her thing was in the middle of the of the uh taxi area so i was making a circle just making a nice circle. That's what the maintenance was laid, laid out. And, uh, man, every time I came around to her, oh, we can't get this on, or, oh, this happened, or, oh, I can't find this, or, oh, I need a, I need a rubber ladder, because I might get shocked if I touch this battery. All kinds of stuff. Man, 
I had to check one thing. It was uh, it was a transponder set. It's a thing in the movies where when your plane's in the air, yeah. it has a little triangle up there and tells what tail number it is. It has four modes on it. The fourth mode is classified. The fourth mode, you got to go into the the uh, you got to go into the safe, the vault, get the codes for the day. You got to load the, those codes up and make sure you know people got the correct frequency. All Crypto. kinds of nonsense. And you got to go get that stuff. You got to go upload it, and then you got to like go upload the uh, the test set. You got to do all this stuff. You got to do all this stuff. Complicated. It's not just, just walk up and just push a button. So tell me why we. It was like two hours. This should have been done in thirty minutes. This was like two, three hours had gone past. I finally drive up. I'm like, hey, she's like, he got tested from outside. You got to be standing outside in the uh, right next to where the cars go, yeah. the trucks go. And I was like, okay, so what happened? And, uh, oh yeah, these three, these three modes were good. And I'm just like, what about the fourth mode? The fourth mode? And she's facing me and I'm facing the jet. And I look over her shoulder and then the jet shuts off and I heard a huge click, which means something's broken. And I look <laughs> at the power source and the power source all turn red. Like all the lights turn red, which tells me the power source is broke. And you know how it is getting power sources out to the jet. Yeah. It takes an hour. If you're lucky, if you're lucky, if they ain't finishing their Madden game, They'll freaking sit there and wait two, three hours before they come bring you. And it was almost time to go. So basically, it's going to be one of the things where we were going to get out early. But now we're not because you want to play games. Bro, the second that jet turned off, I looked up. I looked at her. I exploded, man. I, I just, oh, man, I exploded. I just, oh, I just went off. I was just, just, you could not, no one could tame me. And I don't go off easily at all. Exactly. And after I got done, I started driving away and I started driving toward the uh, off the flight line. And uh, my boss was like, hey, what are you doing? Where are you going? Why are you driving the parking lot? I'm like, what? I'm about to explode. Literally. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my appendix is about to explode. I'm going to the hospital. I'll see you guys next week. I'll text you and let you know how it goes. And he just like horrified like are you are you are you are you, are you what, what, what jesus he just could not get a word out and i'm just like what, what? it's cool i'll see you later man <laughs> and uh dude i went to the hospital and i had a show that day too yeah man uh your appendix definitely is about to explode and luck and, and you're lucky you got in here because literally you probably wouldn't have made it another 12 hours uh, and I was like, are you sure? It's like, no, you probably could have, mm, it might have went down, whatever. I'm like, oh, my breath is tonight, so I can't do it. And he's like, uh, yeah, I'm not letting you out the hospital. Little did I know I could have left anyway if I wanted to, but I probably would have gotten in trouble with the Air Force if I left. Yeah. That, they would have been like, you know how they are. So, anyway, to finish this story, when can you come back? Uh, the doctor said at least two weeks. Come see a doctor on base. We saw a doctor on base. Oh yeah, I'm gonna clear you for administrative duty, and I'm like, what? And she's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna clear you for administrative duty. I'm like, I can't do that. She was like, why not? And I'm like, it hurts when I walk. <laughs> yeah. Like, well yeah, you're gonna sit down all day. So I'm gonna walk to my car, drive all the way up there, go in that building, and whatever. And uh, and she was, I forget what she said, but she was like, I'll give you two more days. We'll see how you are. And in those two days, and over the weekend, my uh, incision got infected, Ooh. and that was just from not doing anything. So. Like I go back in there, I go see the doctor, and, you know, and, and Asian dude, and this dude, bro, I, this this my OG right here, man. I was like, so what's up? He's like, uh, you been moving around? I'm like, yeah. They made me go to the doctor on base and you know, do some stuff. You need lay down, no work, one week. Do not do anything. And I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> I go back to that chick, man. 
she's all like, well, I think I'm going to clear for duty. I'm like, the doctor said don't. Like, you don't work. She was like, well, I need to that writing. Maybe she said, I need that writing. I handed that thing to her so fast. Well, well, I'll go get my supervisor to look at this. I'll be right back. She went and got someone to look at it. And then they both came in and asked him, trying to trick me into saying, I feel fine. I'm like, look, no. Hey, I had an infection. Had a 103 degree fever. Like, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't just like, in my cut. It was legit. Like, I was getting sick. Like, I'm like, people oh, have died man. from less. Nah, I'm going to rest. I'm going to rest. I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not coming back to work. Just to sit there and quote unquote do administrative duty. I work with airplanes. There's no administrative duty for me to do at all, except for like do forms. And that's dumb to sit at work for eight hours to wait to the end of the shift to do some forms. So no, like I was, I was just furious, man. <laughs> I, I never, I've never, I was like, man, this makes no sense. Just hey, man, just that military, <sighs> Oof, logic, man. Dude. military, they're special. It's that logic. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They they expect you to they're gonna be a machine sometimes. Man. You're just flesh and bone. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I I feel you on you know I'm not quick to anger as well. But I mean, it's only certain circumstances that you know make me hit a boiling point. And that's when there's something involving yeah. my kids, whether they are in the right or in the wrong. I'm, I get highly uh, heated about that. And when I talk to my ex-wife. <laughs> Of course, so, of course. So that's that's the only really times that I get like up in arms about shit. But I mean, in the military, man, if you ever had to hear me yell at somebody, something was really, 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 really wrong. <laughs> I don't. Mm-hmm. You something you missing some chromosomes? Something is really wrong with you for me to be yelling at you. Cause I mean, right. I, I just I've been in sixteen years. I can only recall maybe other than, you know, people just being general dumbasses or whatever. Hey, man, don't do that shit. But there's only been maybe four or five times in 16 years that I legitimately, you know, yelled at somebody, gotten somebody ass to the point to where, like, I was standing outside of my body looking at myself. It's like, who the fuck is this yelling? (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know? So, man, it's, it's just a weird thing. But we've been talked about a good forty minutes just on the military experience alone, dude. You a mm-hmm. professional wrestler, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's something I do in my spare time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we, we get a little bit of feeling from uh, where you started out on the West Coast and going to the East Coast. Now you're down south and everything. What brought you to professional wrestling? What was it like your earliest memory of professional wrestling? Uh, it was Undertaker turning on some lights with his arms. <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> uh, well, the thing is, is like, I was actually watching. I've always, I remember bro, first memories ever, but I hated it because I went to watch Rugrats and Looney Tunes and stuff. I was so young. My older brother, he was the one who loved wrestling and I hated WCW because it always came on during like my, my, my Nickelodeon shows. Uh, and then one day he, he, I guess he finally heard about WWF or whatever that would happen. And he turned on WWF and then I saw like Undertaker. I'm like, yo, what's that? <laughs> and then, then we will fight over WWF and WCW. Um, so like, you know, it's been something that's always watched. I've always, you know, admired and looked up to. Um, it's just been, it's just been there a staple of my life, man. It's just, it just has never not been there. Exactly. It has never not been there. I, I totally understand that. I'm the same way, man. It's just like what I tell everybody, and people probably are going to be 
tired of hearing this shit because I mean you knew, you are new to me. I mean we haven't spoke before, so I have to tell you because you don't know. But I mean, just about every time we get into wrestling, we have the same little spiel. Like I didn't get into prof- professional wrestling because of professional wrestling. I got into professional wrestling watching Suburban Commando and No Holds Barred and all these other Hulk Hogan movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I happened to go to a rental store one day and I seen a WrestleMania cover with Hulk Hogan on the front. I was like, hey, that's that guy from that movie. <laughs> and that's how I got on wrestling. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy, man, because we got that age. We got that age difference. So that's <laughs> that's crazy how that's your that's your end to it. Just seeing some of the movies, and that's funny because people always crap on the movies. Uh, fans do they crap on these movies, bro? Like you just said, you watch Hogan, and then you say, "Hey, what's that?" Yeah. <laughs> so watching wrestling, like people just don't get the overall end game. That's pretty cool. I've never heard someone say they watch wrestling because of that. Closest I've gotten to that is, and not to be, you know, I'm not trying to insult, but as close yeah. I've ever gotten to that was Total Divas. Then I started watching wrestling, <laughs> and you know, of course, it's night and day. I, Obviously, so yeah, you're not going to get fence to it, but it's night and day. Uh, but still, concept, same concept, same concept. That's yeah. uh, that's how it worked out, man. And that's it. that's just just amazing. I guess, I guess it's weird because I, I guess I guess I from what the internet says and what other people say is like I guess I got a bad taste in movies and stuff. Because <laughs> like I mean I kind of like those things. I mean especially at the time because that's all they had. There was nothing better than that at the time. Well, I lied. Mm-hmm. They did have some better stuff, but. Still, that was kind of like normal. It was an okay movie for that time. And, you know, like now people are up in arms about the Netflix series Iron Fist. They're talking about, oh, man, this is a bullshit and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, it was all right. I kind of liked it. (laughs) See, look at you. See, you want to judge me too? Okay, here's the thing. (laughs) Here's the thing. I liked it. I like anything more. Like, bro, we, it is it is the time to be alive. Yes. I love anything Marvel. I almost love anything DC because they started messing up. Uh, Supergirl's atrocious. But even though I know why we don't like Iron Fist is because this guy's the immortal Iron Fist. He's running around like a little crybaby bitch crying about everything. And that's what turned people off to Peter Parker yeah. and Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 back in the day. Yeah. However, comma. You know, not everybody can be a big bad dude. Cause, mm-hmm. like, for example, Daredevil didn't even get his suit until the last episode of season one. Just rewatch that. A uh, last episode of season one. Uh, you know, he didn't even get his, he just, he's just, he don't know how to use his powers. He don't know what yeah. to do. So, like, yeah, he might be a little bit probably now, but we just watch season two. Watch the freaking next, uh, the, the Defenders. Oh, mm-hmm. God, Defenders. The Defenders, and it comes out. You know, people that. just kind of need to take a chill pull on that, uh, and kind of relax and, and, you know, just kind of, watch you know i hate it i cannot stand it and we're gonna get this conversation later about wrestling same thing with movies i cannot stand when people act as if everything has to be five stars everything Mm -hmm. has to be the mind-numbing thrilling roller coaster dive feeling forever you can't you not only can you not but you're not supposed to because you gotta leave yourself somewhere to go you gotta leave yourself somewhere to develop you just go out the gate you know being you know all you know being all badass you know the first x-men movie and the, the actual first x-men movie, which is pretty crappy if you want to go back and watch it and it's so funny side tangent on that uh the movies back in the day were made i don't even know what the word is i know there's a word i know if i meet a film person i'm gonna ask them about this they're gonna give me a word for it they made it the same style they made movies like mrs doubtfire yeah. Uh, where they played me dramatic music and they had the clear as day hey look at our lab there's our laugh spot right here 
you know, so it's pretty funny. Uh, X Men, the X Men one and two, will use their powers. The music will start playing. It'll get all dramatic. Uh, the airplane scene in number two, when Magneto saved them from falling to the ground in the uh, X jet. Yeah. Like Jean Grey couldn't move the jet with her. Brain. Are you kidding me? The most powerful psychic in the world can't keep the X jet from crashing. Storm just lost her concentration and can't make a tornado. Bro, get out my face with this. Is but back then. <laughs> Back then, we didn't know any better. Back then, we did not know any better. Yeah. In that first movie, if they eradicated Magneto, what, what where were they gone next? Clearly, they didn't have a clue where they're going next anyway. Yeah. But <laughs> that was opportunity for them to make a good franchise because we wanted to. We wanted to, to to be there. We wanted to watch this amazing franchise unfold, and we did basically watch it. We did basically like, oh yeah, this is hot to the point where they made two more. But it could have been so much better. And it's so funny if you look back at how that is, yeah. uh, how it, it, it could have been, but it's not. Like, it was like the, the, the pulse of the superhero movies, it, it beat once. It, it, mm. it beat, it made one beat. Now it's freaking, you know, adrenaline and, you know, everyone's watching superhero movies and the, the life, the, the life, the life force of superhero movies is just like in, is in full tilt. Yeah. Um, so for, the way it was back in the day, it's just amazing how they did that. You know, I just, I just, I just love talking about that. You kind of got me on that. But, oh, but, but, but with that go. being said, like I said, yeah, if they would have annihilated Magneto in that first movie, they wouldn't even have been able to make the Days of Future. They wouldn't even have been able to make any. Well, they could have made the Days of Future. They could have did that. They reset it. That's what they reset. It. I forgot. Yeah. They did reset the franchise, and that's another conversation itself. I'm mad. I'm still mad about that. But they reset the franchise under our nose, just out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I love that movie. But uh, they, they would have annihilated Magneto. It would have freaking. It's like they would have to do it way back. They would have to reset it way back then. They wouldn't. Have, they wouldn't be able to go anywhere else besides Apocalypse. And even then, he played a vital part in that. So it's all about storytelling and building up and like making your villains like okay. He takes the you know the the, the bump on the face this time, and then goes to the next one. So with uh, Danny Rand with the Iron Fist, you can't just bring out everybody. They they've been telling the story throughout. Three, four series. Yeah, Jessica Jones don't really count. I don't know what they did with her. They just went and did some random stuff like with her psycho ex boyfriend. But and Luke Cage, yeah, Luke Cage, same thing. They didn't really link anything in with him, but they did in a way when they're referencing those characters and stuff like that. So it gave a, it kind of put into the ultimate uh, uh, big arc of things where even in Daredevil two, they're mentioning you know Hell's Kitchen getting all these superheroes. So it, it still played in to bolster up the overall product, even though those last two, uh, Jessica Jones and Iron, uh, uh, Iron, uh, not Iron Fist, uh, Luke Cage didn't put anything into the storyline with the hand. They just kind of just did their thing with their own respective superheroes. Yeah. But then Danny Rand comes in and then the hand is back. It's amazing. And even then, I think they had some reference in Luke Cage to what they were doing. But yeah. like, even then, like, it's just like, it's just, they're just building this whole entire world. Stick by stick, ever so delicately, and people just kind of to just chill and watch some stuff and say, "Okay, cool, this is what it is. Let's see where they go from this next." That's what the excitement should be, and I think that's kind of like a young generation thing that people just want to just have uh, a adrenaline rush for two hours straight instead of having an actual mindful, uh, mindful construction of an experience. Yeah, star. I get excited about this kind of stuff. No, man, I, and I totally agree with you, man. I'm on. I'm on. We on the same plane. If you want to speak Air Force terms, <laughs> but, <laughs> man, it's just like that's what I get from the whole Iron Fist thing. Like people, and I, I spoke about this at length on another episode with um, I, I think it was episode sixty-seven or something, and it was just like 
all right, everybody expected him to be, you know, coming out of there. Because you watch the Netflix series, right? Yeah. All right. So supposedly he crashed and he was there for 15 years training to become the Iron Fist. And then, damn, he snuck out when the opening came around because the opening comes around every 15 years and shit. And, damn, he went back to try to recover his life. I mean, that's the overarching thing. And then you find some shit along the way or whatever. I got it. But people were so pissed that he was there for 15 years and didn't come out fucking the Iron Fist, both glowing hands, the goddamn, the cow, the fucking outfit, kicking everybody's ass and everything. And my defense for that was because if he did that now, just like you said, what would you have later? And and then I even went to this point of thinking or whatever. All right. They show flashbacks of how he was with his parents and with everybody before, you know, the plane crash and everything. He was a mm-hmm. spoiled rich kid. He was sheltered. He didn't know how to defend himself. Uh, you know, he let people bully him and so on and so forth and everything. I mean, his parents was his world. So the plane accident happened. And that was his focus for that 15 years. Obviously, he got his training and everything. You know how to take care of himself. He got a little bit more confidence. But being the Iron Fist was not his primary focus. For 15 years, he was worried about how to get the fuck out of that place. So what I was saying to people is like, all right, I can play basketball every day for 15 years and still not be good at it if that's not my primary focus, if that's not what I'm putting my heart and soul into. If I'm thinking about something else, right. I'm not going to be good at basketball. I'm just, I probably make a couple shots, you know, get a couple fundamentals down real pat, but I'm not going to be fucking Michael Jordan and on people, you know? So that was my defense right. for this because, I mean, it was evident. As soon as he got out of there, he's just like, fuck all that Iron Fist shit. I'm trying to find my family and piece together the what happened to the plane and, and everything, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Along Which the led way. to the end. So yeah. it was like, come on. And along the way, because like, if you really want to dissect it, he didn't become Iron Fist, like or get the powers or whatever, until the end of his training, which was 15 years. And then he snuck out. He never had time to train with the Iron Fist powers or everything or get any tutelage or whatever. So we about right him breaking out and him not knowing what to do with his powers. Right. So, yeah. Man, I feel you, dog. I'm I'm on the same page with you, man. It's like be patient, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, just be patient. Yeah, sit down, be humble. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Professional wrestling, <laughs> right? So and we ain't even talking about wrestling yet. We still ain't even talking about wrestling yet. But it's a parallel. But we can, we can get to that later. Yeah. So like, all right, you, you seen Undertaker? He was captivated by his presence and the showmanship. And all this cool stuff. And it was never a point in time to where wrestling wasn't in your, some kind of involvement in your life. When did mm-hmm. you pull the trigger and decide, hey, I think I could do this? Uh, when I was 17. When I was 17, I technically couldn't start training until I was 18. Uh, but I definitely uh, went to a show. Greg Kali was there. I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> Oh, because he's a big dude, that's why. Yeah, no and they shit. just had the first SmackDown HD set in Hampton, Virginia. And after that, I was just like, I can do this. You know, watching Greg Holly, of course, I thought that. But uh, <laughs> I was like, I can do this. I don't know why I'm sitting this, around messing around. So I uh, went home and got on Google. And Vanguard Championship Wrestling came out out of Yorktown, Virginia. Or uh, not Yorktown. 
Newport News, New York town on that border, around uh, right the 64 uh, West. But yeah, that came up and uh, went there. I think that next week or so, and uh, I don't think it was a Saturday. I think it was a Saturday, maybe. Or Wednesday. I don't know. I went there, watched the training, man. I was excited. And then my mom crapped on it and was like, nah, I ain't signing this. You can't do this. I don't want you doing this. To, you know, being a typical mom. So she kind of, kind of crapped on that. And she, I guess she thought I was just going to forget about it. And shoot, man, I went to sign that joint immediately when I turned, when I turned 18. It wasn't even a joke. Yeah. It wasn't even a joke. Like, yeah, I, I wasted not a single second. So, um, yeah, man. So that, that's when I, that's when it officially happened, man, when I was 18. Day of. Happy birthday to myself, you know? <laughs> I think that's this kind of thing. That's like the exact same thing happened to me when I was going to join the military. I was 17 and I could have been mm-hmm. like in the debt program if my mama would have signed the papers. But she was like, nah, fuck that noise. You ain't doing that shit. And I was like, well, you can either do it now or we can wait till mm-hmm. I turn 18 and I just do it on my own. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel you on that. So, I mean, what was the atmosphere like there? You know, getting to sit there and watch the training and get to know these personalities that would probably be your trainer at some point. Dude, it was terrifying, man. I mean, I'm sitting there like, oh, this is how the dreams made, blah, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm sitting there just oh, a billion miles going through my freaking head, a million, million thoughts going through my head at a million miles an hour, uh, just watching all this. And these guys are in here throwing themselves uh, through the ringer, and they were just going hard. And it's, it's just, it was just amazing, man. It was just amazing. Uh, just, guys, man, adrenaline, man, just the rush, you know, it was amazing. Just like, that's all I can say. It's just amazing. That's all I can really say. And watching all of them and train and uh, trainers just kind of uh, leave, you know, the practice through and watch how those guys sweating and the, you know, got the garage door open, got the fan on, it's hot, summertime in Virginia. It was, uh, it was something else. So when I naturally, when I first started, man, I was, you know, terrified. I'm like, man, can I hang with these guys? Can I do all that? And I came to find that I was pretty much, I was pretty athletic anyway. So a lot of the stuff that I was doing was actually not uh, out of my realm. So it was actually pretty, um, pretty comfortable in there because I was picking up everything pretty fast, yeah. uh, getting an understanding of it. But, you know, the moves aren't everything, but they're definitely something. I know some people that don't know moves and they can't really do much because of it. And it's pretty entertaining because it's like, not entertaining, but it's pretty, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty weird because when I watch that kind of stuff, when you see that kind of stuff and you see how like something's easy for you, it's not easy for somebody else. Yeah. And you watch how, oh, that could have stopped me dead in my tracks. It lets you know that, you know, you survived, uh, you survived the first, uh, uh, wave, I guess you could say, of, of could be difficulties. I guess, you know, hurdles, if you will. Yeah. So, cause hurdles are there to see how bad you want it, man. Sometimes people get caught in the first one, you know, and it's up to them to, whether or not they're going to keep on going or they're just going to call it quits there. So, yeah. Tell me, tell me what your first bump was like. Oh man, also terrifying, dude. That was uh, was, uh, the ring, and I didn't figure this out till the end of training. Uh, not end of training, but like six, seven months in, or right before I moved away. That that just hurt me. (laughs) That hurt. It was stung. I was just like, I can't do this for the rest of my life, (laughs) you know. Uh, but you know, obviously, it gets better. Um, but when we took the ring apart. And you know that stuff you put under carpet when you lay it down in concrete? You had that little, uh, yeah, that, little that, that, foam. uh, foamy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man. We took the ring apart one day, man. And apparently they had pit foam there and that's all they pit was foam. Yeah. We pulled the canvas back, man. And the garage door was open and there's a gentle breeze, a gentle Virginia breeze blowing. It all blew off the freaking boards. 
it literally all just blew off. Like it, it disintegrated. It had been there so long. It disintegrated. God damn. And we were bumping on wood. So, um, that was all, always a fun, uh, fun discovery there. But yeah, man. But you know, I was like, shoot, man, let's do it again. And kept on doing it. And here I am. <laughs> I mean, cause I mean, just think about that, that you are making yourself fall on purpose. <laughs> I mean, it's, yes. It's like your body and your mind is rejecting that whole concept. It's like, oh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's that's pretty much it. But you know, funny enough, uh, I didn't have th- I had that issue, but I-, I train guys now, and I have seen a physical uh, uh, a physical manifestation of that. How it looks when someone is in that, that mindset mm-hmm. versus someone who is thinking that. Because we're all thinking that when we do it. Yeah. Versus people who do it, and they are thinking that, but they commit to it. Yeah, and it's, it's it's crazy. One guy I saw, he like would jump up in the air and do like kind of a half centon bump, yeah. and he just could not get it right. And I just couldn't figure out for life me how he couldn't get it right. Yeah. So yeah, man, um, you know it's uh, <laughs> it, it's something, bro. <laughs> and, and that's another thing. I mean, how frustrating is that? It's like all right, training somebody because I mean I have a little bit of experience as well. Like in the military, I, I train students on um freaking motor vehicle operations and everything so showing mm-hmm. them how to do things or telling them how to do things it can be fucking infuriating because you know how to do it and you know how easy it is but this person is not grasping the concept right <laughs> you know because like even when you talk about um training somebody in the ring or whatever i mean i have a minor in professional wrestling as well so it was a point in time to where i was like all right, this bumper shit ain't nothing because I learned this shit in the military because we do martial arts training and the break falls are the same as just about any of the bumps that you're going to do in the ring. You know, if you're going to fall to the side, you fall this way, you fall for the back, tuck your chin and fall this way. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's the same stuff. So when it was on me to do it, obviously the first one sucked because I was like, I, I don't want to fall down. <laughs> but, you know, right. I got it down and then we would get more people coming in and I would be the freaking, what would they, what they call it? We call them the, the, the ookie, the ookie or whatever. Yeah. You the damn, <laughs> the training dummy and everything. All right. This is how you do a back bump. It's like, Rob, come over here and do it. Bam. And I would do it. And I had to get up and show somebody else how to do it. Bam. And I would just be, they wear me out just to show other people how to do it. <laughs> They're right, mm-hmm. I come in the ring the hard way. God damn it. <laughs> All right. I'm flying over the goddamn top of the rope and landing on my back and shit just to show somebody else. And then I done beat myself up. Now it's your turn to do it. And you sitting there and I, and I, I even try to break it down on the smallest level. Like when we doing the back bumps, I would squat down to like put my butt on my heels and I would just tell them, Hey mm-hmm. man, just rock back, tuck your chin, slap your arms down. And pe- some people couldn't even do that. <laughs> And it would blow my fucking mind to like, this is so simple. Why is this so hard for you? Right. Clothesline suck, by the way. What was that? I said clothesline suck, by the way. Yes, they do. The yes, first ones do. anyway. I mean, but shit, I can still imagine that it would suck going on because <laughs> I, I got hit with my first one and I wasn't expecting it. I mean, I was expecting it, but I wasn't expecting it because I was like, hey, man, this ain't. Mm-hmm. You come off the ropes, you do your three paces in, then you do your back bump. You make minimal contact with the arm, and it look good. 
bet I got it. So here I come counting in my head, hit the ropes, come off one, two. I'm expecting to hit the third step. Nope. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I hit the arm and (laughs) then I would hit the fucking ground. Teeth clicked together. My head bounced off the mat. Then I just jumped up like nothing happened. I had to no sell it. I was like, yeah, I got it. That was cool. And as soon as he turned his back, I was like, oh, fuck that hurt so bad. (laughs) Mm. So, yep. It sucks. It does, man. But, uh, you know, your love is, uh, the love for the biz is a lot more than, than just that. So, you know, kind of, kind of pays off. No one likes falling on the ground violently. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, I mean, you, you up there, how long you trained in Virginia? Uh, a little over a year. A little over a year. I'm trying to think. A little over a year. And then I, uh, went to the Air Force, uh, had a, very few matches during that time when I was doing my training. Um, so I didn't get, re- I didn't get back into it into it until 2010 ish. Oh yeah. No, beginning of 2010. So uh, that's when I went to this place called Northern Outlaw Wrestling up in North Dakota. And uh, that was a interesting experience. And I would do it all over again because it was definitely helped me become who I am today. Sweet. Now, you went from Virginia to North Dakota. How we end up down here in the South that you don't like so much? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, after I got out the Air Force, been wrestling North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota. Um, I know I'm forgetting some states. Uh, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, who's up in Canada a lot. Love Canada. CWE, Canadians Wrestling Elite. Danny Duggan runs that. I uh, did a lot of work up there, and I just felt like it was coming to an end. So I uh, got out the Air Force early and uh, came down to Virginia. And from there, it was kind of like trying to figure out where to go next. And I was putting my sights on Jersey, uh, Monster Factory, ROH. I went to a couple of seminars, and uh, they liked me, and they uh, get offered. They told me to come up there and train. And uh, that was one thing I knew for sure. Is like there's not, a lot of people try to go places once or twice, and think that they're just going to get, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're damn good or there's something that you got, you fire. Yeah, you will get picked up, you know, have the confidence. But you got to realize that it's a lot easier to go straight to the source and 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 sit under the the water, so to speak, than it is to just, you know, go get a drink and then hope they ask you to come back and drink some more of the water. Like, it's not going to work. That's something that works. Yeah. So, um, again, to move to RH, um, Monster Factory, and... I go up to a seminar with Booker T at it in Connecticut. And long story short, got roasted. I suck. Embarrassed myself in front of Booker. It was uh, great. Uh, there was about 40 people there. Uh, some guys went up there were part of uh, certain schools together. So they went up there and did all this cool stuff. And I'm over there looking like an asshole because I'm trying to work with some guy. I could barely speak English. <laughs> and uh, went back on my toe between my legs. Went back home. Told my guys I was training with, hey, let's go up there together. You know, let's have a good look at us, whatever, whatever. They all drop down on me one by one. I get mad. Um, I said, screw it, I'm not going to go up there. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I went to go to sleep that night. It was after a wrestling show, so I got on late as is around 1 o'clock. And I lay down, I put my head down and go to sleep. And I'm falling asleep. Like, um, took a long time to fall asleep. I'm starting to fall asleep. And finally, my alarm goes off because I set it two weeks before because I do things like that and make sure I don't forget I'm paranoid like that. Yeah. So I set an alarm like two weeks before. And, uh, it wakes me up. I snooze in immediately and say, screw that, not going. 
And then in the back of my head, man, you miss all the shots you don't take. That's all I kept on remembering is you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So I said, screw it. Hopped in the car. Bag was already packed. Drove to Connecticut, seven hours. Got there at 11 o'clock. Uh, the building last time was packed, lying around the front. Got there this time. Nobody was there. I was mad. I was scared. I thought I drove up there wrong date, whatever. Nope. I was in there. People were like, we don't know why no one signed up, but here we are. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just me by myself, um, sitting there by myself. And I'm just like, cool. Booker comes in. And I basically pay 50 bucks for a private training session for five hours with Booker T. That's basically how it worked out. It's freaking hilarious. Um, <laughs> and, and that in itself kind of got me upset because I'm just like, how in the world can guys just not want to come get some, some learning, some, some kind of a seminar, uh, yeah. teachings and stuff like that. So it just really got under my skin, really bad. Got under my skin. I was like, man, I'm surrounded by a whole bunch of people that don't want to go to seminars and learn. Um, and I'm not knocking them, you know, hey, they're going out there and working instead. So cool, I guess. But still, I know there's a lot of new trainees out there that could have benefited from that that didn't even bother to show up. So I uh, got salty at that. Training with Booker went a lot better this time. He gave me some good one on one stuff. Um, and that's, that's really amazing. I'm some one on one action. That's just, that's yeah. just crazy. So, uh, yeah, man. So from there, you know, I, afterwards I'm like, Hey book, man, I, I got to do something, man. I'm just, I can't do this no more. I can't be here no more. I gotta, I gotta, I need to change. And he's just like, yeah, come on down to Houston, Texas, kind of reality wrestling. And I'm like, okay, you know, all right, cool. Um, you know, I'll email you and get some details from you and stuff like that. I emailed him, they get any details. So I was sitting there like, well, this mother conductor <laughs> emailed him again, nothing. And I'm petty. So <laughs> I got in my car and drove down to Texas God unannounced. Damn. I was like, you know what, man? All right, I see you. I'm just coming out there. How about that? <laughs> I don't know why. I just remember that. I think I told the story the other day, and I left that part out. He didn't reply to my email, so I just legit just hopped up. Now I could have emailed the other website, the actual website. I could have emailed the Facebook page or whatever. But I was like, nah, you know what? He told me he would reply. He has not. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and just roll on down there. And uh, yeah, yeah, man, did and gave me a look and uh, told me, you know, uh, you got a good base to work with and uh, I should come on down. And shoot, he said, come on down. So I came down because I'll be crazy to have someone telling me come down and not come down. Yeah. Um, I was going to go somewhere anyway. That was the, that was the plan. I was going to go to RH anyway. They told me to come. You know, that's like, again, you know, I, I think if these guys went out, and went places and someone told them, Hey, come on out here. We could use you. If you truly believe that a got the skill to, to succeed B, uh, that they could, that place can take you somewhere. Then go out and move, go do it. Don't just go back home and say, Oh, I got a girlfriend. Oh, I got to work or some bull. Like if your girlfriend ain't supporting you like that, then get rid of her. Cause you don't need her anyway. If your job ain't supporting you like that quick. Cause you don't need that job. They ain't supporting you. So like, it's just, it's just a mindset. Okay. So, um, yeah, man. So that's how I got down here. Drove down uh, January fourth, two thousand fifteen, and been here ever since. Sweet. <laughs> now, I mean, getting down there because I um, did you were you there for the um, change in facility? Because I know it was at one place, and then now they got the big place down in um. Yeah, is- it was actually that's the reason why we got it was because I knew the guy that owned it. I'm sitting right here, actually, inside the building itself. Um, I knew the guy that owned it and kind of got that going. Uh, so yeah, I facilitated that and it was a, it was a stretch. Um, but the, the old place was homely. Had a nice good feeling to it, but it was too small. And now we're in this nice big arena and we have, uh, and, and we have, uh, you know, our television set here, set up all the time. We got two training rings, a big open space for weight equipment and, and exercise. Like 
and we could do other events. Yeah. So, you know, freaking it's, it's nice, man. It's nice. You know, it's pretty cool. Cause I, I can remember, um, hearing about the old place or whatever. I can remember the little promos for the commercials right behind the bowling alley, <laughs> you know? And I was like, man, whenever I got to Houston or I want to go to that place, but then y'all yeah, moved it down to Texas city, which is way hell away from where the hell I am. <laughs> I'm way up here on the north side. And if you know anything about Houston, going from the north side to the south side, that's that can be like a day journey if you catch traffic. Oh, yeah, for real. <laughs> so I was like, fuck. Because, I mean, you're not the only uh, reality of wrestling uh, superstar that I've had on the show. I've had uh, Kiefer Bartek on here as well. Bartek, yeah, I know Bartek. Which I it, oh it kinda, man bun hippie no, I'm playing <laughs> that's my boy that's my boy which like would kind of threw me off because the time that from the time that he was on here you know months back up until now I mean he was talking about his tag team partner and all kind of stuff and now him and um Cam Cold and split and I'm like oh I seen the news on Instagram and I was like shocked I was like I didn't know what to think. <laughs> Yeah, man, trying to figure out who Shawn Michaels is and who's Martin Genetic. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. That's what you did there. <laughs> yeah, man. So trying to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. And because um, I, I, full disclosure, I don't really do research and stuff like that. That's why I asked you so many questions. But um, if I'm not mistaken, you've just won your first title here not too long ago. Uh, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak on that. That's fine. I had one podcast with this guy, like literally named off details about my life that I didn't even know were available. So, uh, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> that is fine. This dude laid out my whole thing. He was like, "Yeah, so you're from here, from here, moved here, did that, did this." Fuck that. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I was like, "All right," but uh, yeah, man. Um, I have won my first uh, championship here in reality wrestling. I am the champion of all television. I'm the champion of all televisions, every single one. The big ones, the small ones, black and white, HD, 4K, the televisions in China, the televisions in Australia, the ones in Russia, the (laughs) ones in Africa, South Africa, the ones in Brazil, the ones in Europe, the one in the North Pole, the ones in the space station. So I'm the champion of space as well. Yeah, I'm the champion of all televisions everywhere. Any television I appear on, that's the television I'm champion of. (laughs) So, So please tell me. That's a promo that you wrote or a promo that you've used already. <laughs> Neither. I literally just came up with that. Boom. I'm, <laughs> I'm sound biting it. I'm putting it all over the place. <laughs> uh, I, I, I sound like what? I said, I said, I said, nah, I'm sound biting that and I'm putting it all uh, over the place. Sound biting that. Oh, by, by all means, man, I'm, I'm going I'm to fix that up. Um, I watched too much Muhammad Ali. I love Muhammad Ali. I, I think he is the, the greatest athlete of all time. Um, he's a complete package. Uh, you know, Muhammad is my boy, man. I mean, oh man, that dude is is. I've never because the thing is about about wrestling, uh, and this is pretty funny because it's kind of it's kind of goes hand in hand with what, what Randy Orton retweeted. It yeah, wasn't seen his because all them idiots freaking thought he wrote it. Rip Rogers wrote it. So they should be mad at Rip Rogers, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it made me laugh because I'm like, so old school legend wrote that. And funnily enough, Randy has done some outrageous stuff. Yeah. 
uh, compared to what the time period that Rip grew up in. So honestly, it's like funny, like how Randy's took that and could have took offense to it, but he didn't. And he just retweeted it. And then he turned into an asshole. And I yeah. loved every single second of that. I, I love Randy too. now. Like I've always loved Randy anyway. Now I'm just like, Randy, if I ever see him, I'm like, Randy. He's like, who the fuck is this dude yelling at me, man? Yo, security, remove him. I don't even care. I'm going to do it. Randy, I'm going to just give him the, I'm going to just give him the point, man. Like, you my boy. Uh, <laughs> nah, but, uh, you know, um, it, it, what that was, uh, what that read and then what his response read to people complaining about it. Um, and you read, you read the, the passage in question of what he retweeted. Oh, about um, freaking Bubba Ray. Uh, no, not that. No, no, no. That, that was just funny. I'm not. No, the thing with the, he that started the whole thing off where it was like, uh, matches today. You know, whatever. Dive, clap, dive, spot, dive. You know, do 15 finishes, dive. Okay, I didn't uh, see that part. Whatever I seen, that uh, thing. Um, and then he put something else up after him. People were complaining about it, and you know, I probably should just read it because I'll probably uh, you know, kind of help help out there um it's just so funny because like the way he crafted his response was the thing that i thought immediately and it upset me that people were complaining and uh, lighting up his twitter because they don't get it uh they don't get it and when i say they don't get it i mean like they straight up got trolled in even more ways uh, he wrote sorry to the indie marks Indie guys and old timers who do dives took offense. Just having a good time over a few drinks in Denmark closing the SmackDown Live tour. While beating Raw and making over $5 million in the last 11 shows. Now, I know to some that doesn't equate to standing room only crowd of 150 people paying $8 at the armory somewhere, but in the big boy world, that's called picking asses in seats. So enjoy your flips, dives, and 20 super kicks per match. To each their own, I will go dive my way back to my 13th title run and get ready to flip my bank statement comes this month. Okay. I dot, did, dot, dot, headlock. Yeah, yeah. I, I read, I didn't read the, I didn't get the top part of it. I seen the last bit of it or whatever. Yeah, man. I, that's just. <laughs> just like, it, yeah, it's hilarious. And but yeah. here's the thing with that. Like, when I'm about to get into a promo and stuff like that, uh, just to, first off to each your own. If you like what you like, what you like, you know, yeah. I don't care for that kind of stuff. Um, but I won't not do it. I have done a little bit of it. I have done some of it. I have dived. So it's nothing about like the literal thing. People took it too literally. Yeah. Um, but first and foremost, the man is worth $15 million. Mm-hmm. So whatever he says, you should probably just shut up and just, yeah, you probably got a point. And examine it and and see what he's saying because it's probably not just some random bull that he's making up just to make make you salty. Yeah. Um. You know, and people were complaining, and I've seen these comments where you know, oh, your title run sucks, and you've been boring ever since you debuted. I'm just like, y'all realize we all grew through that period, right? So, mm-hmm. regardless of what you think, he got us to where we are present day in this current situation right now. Yeah. Uh, regardless of whether or not it's a fabulous era because let's face it you know it's not as hot as it ever was you know that two there was the hottest time in history for wrestling uh it's all you know it was the golden era back in the 80s um so yeah obviously yeah we're not in that era but he has held it held it down in the era that we've transitioned you know from and to where we're at right now yeah. so it's like why would you even tell why would you even like talk some ish to this guy it's like i don't i don't get it um you know i don't get it and people got all upset about you know 
talking about flips and dives, you're crapping on the indie guys and talking about, you're crapping on the guys who do that and your coworkers that came from the indies. No, he's not. He's not. That's not who he's talking to at all. He saw he. He's not talking to those guys at all. And even if he was, the point is here, those guys aren't making millions of dollars. Those guys, mm-hmm. oh, well, some of them got WWE. Mm, okay, let's examine that statement. In the past year and a half, 205 happened. 205 is not highly rated. 205 no. had to get moved shows, had to switch shows. 205 doesn't get ratings on the network. 205 just gets an hour. When stuff works, it gets attention. When stuff yeah. works, like they make it work. When stuff works, they make it do something. So clearly that type of wrestling alone is not going to be the savior of wrestling. That type of wrestling alone is not going to be something that like, uh, uh, is a catalyst. Yeah. But at the same time, that headlock, headlock, headlock stuff is not going to do the same thing either. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the people that did flips and did cool stuff like Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio and Chris Jericho, the ones who held down the WCW Cruiserweight era became big stars, yeah. but they stopped doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the people that were the biggest stars, Arguably of all time, the Rock, Stone Cold, and Triple H did not dive, did not flip. They just did headlocks and finishers. Like, the thing I'm getting at is you got to make a connection. The connection is where you make the money. Connection is what is the thing that people need to be wanting in wrestling, yeah. not just how many flips you can do. Because the problem is with these kind of things is the people that are complaining about that stuff are the loudest ones. It's not even, they, don't, they don't realize that, yeah, they may be loud and they may have a voice on the internet. But at the end of the day, there's still nothing but kids in that audience, audience and parents that taking the, to, to watch the, the uh, you know, the product and stuff like that. So that's why, you know, someone had the nerve to say, you know, oh, well, John Cena sucks, too. And I'm like, John Cena's made twice as much money as Randy Orton. How oh, does yeah. he suck? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You know, so um, so back to Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali made a connection with anyone yeah. and everyone he ever spoke to. Anyone, everyone he ever spoke to. Muhammad Ali made a connection with that person. Uh, if you watch. After Sonny Liston, I believe. After Sonny Liston. He just got beat up. He's tired. He can barely talk. Uh, man, he's drinking water, getting his breath back. And then he just snaps. I know where he just snaps. Like, he's just talking. You know, uh, you know I told you, know, says, see, I forget what he let in with. He was like, uh, you know, uh, they, they said I couldn't. Yeah, I think he said they, they said I couldn't do it. And the next sentence he said was, I told you. He yelled it. I'm pretty sure you've seen the clip where he's going, I told you. I told mm-hmm. you I'm the champion of the world. That one. That's yep. right before that. If you watch the whole clip, he's just mumbling and just like, you know, whatever. Attention, everybody be quiet, you know. I said I was going to do it. I beat him. I done did it. You know, I might, might retire, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I know I'm going to be. He's just, he's just mumbling, being playful and stuff like that. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, you guys said I was going to be the champion. I told you. I told you I'm the champion. I told you I'm the champion of the world. All of you bow. All of you. He writes the Rain Magazine. And then he just goes on and on and on. He just went, he just exploded. He just exploded. And it, it's, it's so, it's, it, it puts goosebumps on your skin because you're watching this dude and you believe every word he says, the way he's saying it to you and the way he's looking at the camera. Yeah. The camera zoomed in right in his face when he did it too. And he's pointing at the camera. I told you I'm the champion. I told you I'm the champion. It, it, it's, he talked people into seats. He talks you into that fight. He talks you into that bout. When you watch him, you weren't saying, Oh, if I get off work, I'll see him. You're saying, Oh, I'm going to take off work to see Muhammad Ali. I'm going to see what he's going to do next. Like that's, that's, that's what it is. Conor McGregor is the same way. Yeah. And he can talk and he's entertained. That's why people know who some athletes are and people don't know who some are. Like mm-hmm. there are people that are better and there's people that are arguably better than Muhammad Ali. No one ever talks about them. Muhammad Ali is the greatest known. He's the, he's the, he's the most well known athlete. Period. You know, the UFC, Ronda Rousey is the most well known athlete. Conor McGregor. You know, uh, the, the household names of that household names will become household names because they they flip a lot or they're the best puncher, the best kicker. 
is because they have the personality and they make the connection. Uh, and it so happens that they're also good, you know, and yeah. even if they aren't good, they, 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 that's what they do, man. And, um, you know, I think that's like the most important part about what we do and what, what's, what's going on. People need to get off this high horse of like, my style's better. This style's the best. It's not about that. Who do you connect with? Buy their stuff, support them, watch them and, and, and be with them, uh, the whole way up, share their stuff, all the, the, the whole nine yards. Um, some people are assholes. Some people are not. Some people are cool. Some people are boring. But it's just about what you, it's just about what you like. A lot of people love when I talk on the mic. They love when I get in front of the camera and I do stuff. And do I, there's some stuff that I, I say that I forget I say. And this is, I go back and laugh. I laugh. And one of the reasons why I came down here and the reason I was trying to go to ROH, uh, or, or Monster Factory up there was because I wanted something that had production value that looked good that I can do promos and, and get myself over because I love talking. I love the, I love that. I love that aspect of it. I love that aspect of it. Like, and you can't say it doesn't work because The Rock will tell you different. Yeah. <laughs> and Triple H and Steve. Like, you know, that's the, that's the point. You got to be able to connect with the fans. And when I'm doing these, these, these promos and when I'm talking to the camera, you know, I just say whatever comes up to my mind. And, uh, you know, like, for example, the thing I just said about the television in China, whatever, that thing, um, I think I watched something in Muhammad way back, way back a couple months ago. And I think he was talking about, uh, He's the world champion. He's like I'm the world champion. I'm the champion of every uh, every country. So he says something like he says something like that. I don't know. It just popped up in my head, I guess, um, subconsciously. But like he's like I'm the champion of the world. Just the way he said it was just like he's a champion of the world. <laughs> like it was just the way he said it. It's just so cool, calm and collected. I'm the champion of the world, man. I mean that's just you can't do no better than that. Um, so that's like my favorite thing. So you know, being down here, I love it because I get to cut these awesome uh, promos and stuff. I just, about Brian Keith uh, the other day, not the other day, like way back. I'm sorry, the way back. Um, when we were doing the uh, Battle Royal for the Television Championship, and uh, I was like going through everybody. And I'm like, man, there's this guy, like, oh, there's Rob Barnes, whatever. Rob, Barnes. there's Bartek sitting there with the stupid man bun, and then there's Brian Keith, broken by Brian Keith. Rex Andrews broke Brian Keith. He's a, he's like a, he's like a, and apparently I said this. I don't know why or how I said this. I listened to it back and I did say it. I said uh, he's lost. He's lost. Um. No, 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 no. I remember the specific part was he's like a seashell. You go to the beach, pick up a seashell, and that's Brian Keith. I forgot the analogy I made, but it was the funniest thing in the world. It was just hilarious. I just, I, someone played it for me. I just died laughing. Like, I was rolling on the ground. Like, I was like, I can't believe that I said that. And I think I said he's lost like a seashell or something like that. Some, some, something, man. And, uh, just the ridiculousness of some things I say. And, and, uh, that's, that's, people want to laugh and be entertained and be, and be, they want attention. They want attention. They want you to talk to them. Yeah. Uh, they want you to connect with them. And that's kind of something that's missing with the 50 flips stuff. That's why, you know, I told someone that that's why it doesn't work in terms of putting stuff on the map. If it was that great, ROH would be competing directly with WWE right now. Directly yeah. with WWE. Not kind of sort of, not a little bit maybe. No, that's why the talent's going to WWE. And, and you know what? And legit, man, they just got to deal with Sinclair. So they might actually sign up with him and WWE's people might jump off ship and go, back to ROH and they get a platform so hey uh you know that's definitely a possibility and that'd be crazy they might have a new war starting up and that'll be pretty pretty freaking awesome if that happens um you know competition is the best thing uh but you know aside from that like, like i said you know those guys are different the, uh like you know seth and all them those guys are different the guys i'm talking about right now the guys who haven't made it you know people who are kind of trying to find a way in the business and stuff like that um it's about a complete package if you flip that's cool if you don't flip, that's cool. Do you connect with the crowd? Awesome. I want to work with you. Uh, you know, I want to fight you. I want to. I want to do something with, with you. I want to talk crap to you. 
that's what that's what that's what it has to be, you know. Um, and, and that's all there is to it. I didn't mean to go on a whole tangent oh, no, from man. that thing, but like you know, like yeah, man. So you know, uh, uh, the answer to the question, no, there wasn't a promo written down. It's just just something that I just kind of just whatever. So I'm about to make sure I say that next time I do a promo thing because that's pretty funny. That'd be pretty funny if I'm just sitting there looking off in the distance. Just <laughs> I'm the champion of all televisions, <laughs> and they start naming off random countries and random cities oh, in the and, world. And then you know, oh, how, then you know how, <laughs> then you know how wrestling fans are, or whatever. I mean, you, if you put the pause in the middle, you're gonna get a, get the what chance? You'd be like, I'm the champion in Italy, uh, television on Italy. What? I'm oh, a champion dude, in Rome. Dude, <laughs> no, you don't don't do that to me. That's deadly because the thing is, uh, and I will admit this, uh, I do talk really fast sometimes, and then I have to kind of my mind has to catch up what I'm saying. Uh, so it's funny because if I'm going to roll and I'm just like a roller coaster, I'm just like hold on for dear life, like oh don't mess up, don't mess up, dude. If they're over here doing some stuff like that, and I'm getting like a second and a half to think between sentences, oh bro, please do, <laughs> please do. I'm the champion of all televisions. What? Television's in Italy. What? Television's in England. What? Television's in Antarctica. <laughs> what? Antarctica. What? <laughs> you know, whatever, you know. I'll freaking I'll do it. Uh so yeah, man. And that's like I said, again, that's all the people want is just to be involved. That's it. And that's why wrestling fans are turning the way they've turned into with just kind of like this hijacking the show stuff. Yeah. Because they want to be involved. And the thing is, is like I just realized it now talking to you about this. Uh WrestleMania. There was not a single segment. I think there was like one mini segment. There was not a single, no stars came back, no microphone segments. And I know people would get tired of talking all the time. Yeah. But like, man, like back in the day, man, that was the funniest part. Like just having random shit happen, uh, having stuff set up, having the rock cut three promos in one night, you know, freaking the rock do the thing with Austin before the match, before the match. Hey, you got your match. Dude, they only did. Uh, did they do that this past WrestleMania? Have like anyone like before the big championship match? You know, hey, you got the match tonight. How was it? You know, how you feeling? I don't think they even did that no, unless I, I missed so. it. No, they didn't. Yeah, they just went right into it. Promo, dude. Like that's what I'm talking about, man. The Rock, The Rock, and Stone Cold. The last time they fought, like, dude, that promo set it up, man. He he did. He he went. Um, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um. The Rock will finally beat Steve Austin, and then he said, "Finally." And then we thought he's gonna do the freaking thing. The if finally, that was it. That's all. And he walked off. It was like, "Oh, all right, this is about to go." You know, that's what you need, man. That's what you need. That you need that stuff. You need that that freaking pre-match promo and talking that get that crowd hype. Um, you know, get people to chant millions and millions with you. You know, get people to chant what with you. Get people to chant whatever and just 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 be there and listen to you speak. So, um, yeah, man, just, yeah. no, no, man, yeah, <laughs> the I mean, fans just want to, they just want to enjoy wrestling. That's all. Yeah. And, and I get that or whatever. Cause I mean, Kevin Owens is one of the ones that I'm really enjoying right now. Cause I mean, he, he had, it's like, he has something for everybody as far as like his conversation to go. If he, if he's out there cutting a promo and the crowd get unruly and everything, he'll say something and he shut them down mm-hmm. and you never hear from him until he finished speaking. Or whatever. I mean, he commands the audience or whatever. At the same time, he gives them opportunities to, you know, get in on the fun too. I mean, I, I really dig that dude. I, I believe he's a, a, actually a dick like that in real life sometimes, you know, except for to his family and shit, but. Yeah, he seems, he, he seems pretty snarky. Um, he seems pretty snarky. So. But like that whole thing with Randy that's, Orton. Uh, that, that's cool. that whole thing with Randy Orton and everything is like, yeah, I mean, he can brag. He has some accolades or whatever, but like me, I'm the type of person to be like, 
I would let my performance speak rather than me address any of that dumb shit or whatever. Because, I mean, what you do over there and, you know, wherever you wrestle doesn't affect me and what the fuck I'm doing over here. You, what you doing all them flips or whatever is not putting money or taking money out of my pocket. So I give a damn about what the hell you doing or what you saying over there. Yeah, well, that's the thing, though. He he has nothing left to prove, really. I mean, I don't. I, I'm not even gonna lie. I would be paid like that too. I would. I would just tweet that. I would. I, I definitely would hop into that. Um, you know. So I think that's the kind of his stance on that. Yeah, was because of where he was. You know, it's just him, just you know, freaking throwing rocks from the top just, of the mountain. <laughs> yeah, man, kicking him. He just flicked it off. He just he literally just freaking just mm, just tapped it and it just rolled off. Like he don't <laughs> care, you know. Um, so you know, for guys, the guys that are in that thing that that, that that feel targeted by him, yeah, go out there and make your dive shirts and do all your stuff. You know, um, I, I I don't know, man, I don't know. I just I just feel I just it's it's really uh, mind boggling to me for people to kind of kind of go at him and and, yeah. and and have that thing where they want to attack him when that's just he's just the wrong person to attack. Someone really? said I never liked a uh, Randy Orton match or oh his best match has been with the indie guys. And I was just like, uh, so him and Undertaker never happened? Like, for a whole year? Are you kidding me right now? Like, you know, it's just people just didn't, uh, you know, they just don't think the stuff through, man. Just like I said, you know, like, like what you saying for Randy? For those guys, yeah, go out there and prove it. You know, go out there and, um, you know, just throw down and, and get your point out there, man. If it works, it works, you know? Yeah. Now, as far as being down there with um, ROW and everything, um, how far from the time that you walked in through the doors up until now, you got the strap on your shoulder. I'm looking at you with your black bucket hat and your beats by Dre headphones around your neck, cutting a promo. <laughs> uh, how do you feel your character has developed from the time you got there up until now? Well, um, that's a true question, man. You know, cause it's one of those things where just kind of, I just kind of step into it and do it and, um, you know, make sure to, to well okay here we go actually no like i've grown into a champion right mm-hmm. so you know i've transitioned from this the angry you know whatever like i want my opportunity i want my shot to now i'm the champion of all television now i'm the champion of every television in the world you know so now we i've just transitioned into you know something else like i'm not you know as far as development character wise i'm not gonna go you know change anything up or maybe i will who knows i'm not gonna go change anything up up you know just like it's just you know, now I have a different spin on me. Yeah. Now I can I can sit in that high high place and 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 do do like I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's you like, know, like now I'm not the challenger anymore. Everyone else yeah. is the challenger. You know, so you know that that's where that's where I'm going now. That's where it's going to be going, and uh, she's going to see where you know who steps up and, and who I'm going to be working with, and and uh, who's going to be trying to take the championship away from me and yeah. stopping them every every corner however i got to do it you know yeah you're just sitting here snatching microphones away from me interviews and pushing them off the camera yeah, that's that's cool yeah, too i mean you know he's all he's in the way bro i don't want to tell you bro <laughs> <laughs> oh chris russo yeah chris russo chris russell is i mean it's just like um old school rap music man it's like when you have an artist just starting out uh, I mean, they're going to have some content that's going to be about their life, the struggle. You know, I sold drugs. I shot this. I stole this. And then once they established and they make a name for themselves, they're not so much rapping about that as much. They start to rap about, right. hey, now I got this 
lifestyle. Now I'm moving into this house. So I'm moving out of that place into this place and so on and so forth. Then they freaking establish right. themselves a little more, you know, gets a little more worldwide. Uh, I forget the word, but they get known more globally than, you know, locally and everything. And now they're talking about taking trips all around the world and not so much at all talking about all the old stuff they used to talk about or whatever. It's just like the here and now and I'm, I finally made it, you know? So, I mean, same to be said right. about professional wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, man. And uh, you got to do that and work with the people who are supporting you and kind of yeah. just kind of go that way and kind of just grow the direction you're getting watered, I guess you can say, you know, right. um, and that's the key. I think it's was kind of mess up people that messes up people when it gets to WWE and whatnot. Um, when they are trying to grow a certain way and they don't get, they're not allowed to grow that way. And it's clear as day, which way they should be growing, but they're not. So, yeah. you know, all that stuff, man, is pretty, um, God, man, so many conditions have to be right for that story to kind of come out. Um, when they, they kind of develop the character to make sense and stuff. Uh, I think that's kind of what's missing. That's what's missing. Pretty, pretty, pretty bad right now. Um, no one's really changing, you know, like for Roman, I feel like he should have changed up all his oh, stuff yeah. multiple times. I don't even know when. I don't even know when. Like when he won the champion. Oh, perfect. You know, uh, Batista, you know, and like, uh, uh, freaking and John, when they, when they won their championships, you know, they had the, Batista had the generic guitar music. Freaking, you know, John had the, uh, thugonomics, you know, um, yeah. and when they won, stuff changed up. The yeah. music changed, but the war changed. I'm like, yeah, man. That, and that's, that happens to me in a while, man. Triple H, it's the same thing. We went from DX to freaking, you know, my time. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's perfect right there. I'm about to, I'm about to freaking get too excited. My time. First off, the theme song in general was just <laughs> my time. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just, that's just perfect right there. You know, it, it, it takes a whole production to grow, you know, and when you're in the Indies, you can grow yourself. So it's cool if people are, you know, watching product and paying attention to it. Um, but with that, man, that's just like the, the perfect, uh, situation to draw from going from the blue blood to DX, the unruly one to, you know, now it's my time and, you know, I'm running shit around here. That's what yeah. he basically was doing. So like, that's what these guys need to be doing and stuff like that. But these guys don't even freaking get uh, videos, entrance videos no more. They just get graphics. So right. I don't even know. <laughs> just their name flashing on the screen like 82. Yeah, man. Hey, dude, I hate that, bro. I, I can't stand that. Like Seamus, I think, uh, well, I'm pretty sure someone else. But Seamus and Rusev. Seamus, he has the one where he's actually in his. But it's more like an intro to the uh, beginning of his theme. But I think all that stuff is kind of just like... I think WWE might think that it's not necessary anymore, but yeah. I really think that takes away not having that, um, not having separate stages for the shows. There's some of the stuff that worked for them that got them where they are now. Yeah. They just kind of don't do anymore. I'm just like, oh man, come on, why can't you do this or why can't you do that? Down here in reality wrestling, um, I just changed my 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 video, my entrance video. Um, the, the first our guy who does them, or a chick, we have a chick that does them now. Um, but we used to have a guy that did them, and um, he just kind of he didn't have that good of skills. So he was cut and paste some stuff. We didn't really even know he did it. He just threw some stuff together. Um, the, the guy who produces the show is pretty damn busy. So, you know, he's kind of delegated it to him. And it was kind of lame. I told him that. I was like, yo, man, like, why you got this gold rush looking font on my name? And why, why do you got me freaking just doing something that don't make sense? Yeah. So they told us, hey, we're going to do your videos, redo them. So what do you want? 
man, I set up this whole thing. Man, my video is the best ever. My video is the best ever, man. I know. I just because I took it. all the things I'd ever loved. Um, have you even seen it? Because it should be that's the last show. Uh, not the last show, but the maybe two shows ago or two I'm on shows one sixty right now. Yeah, it might be one sixty or one fifty nine, and it the, the, it cuts to my video. Then I come out to the ring, mm-hmm. and uh, man, that joint dope is all. Know what, man? I'm like, man, look at that. You're like, man, yeah, JJ's, JJ's the truth. You know, looking at that. So, you know, that's good. It's production value, man. It's production value. That's why I believe. That's why it's so much easier to get a following when you have a good production behind you yeah. than it is when you're just in a in a in a freaking you know gymnasium with nothing. Yeah, I got you. Now, I mean. It's kind of evident or whatever, but JJ, Dynamite, what where are we pulling from here, dude? Booker. <laughs> <laughs> pulling from Booker. Cause like I cause like I first watched this like when I, around the time I had a uh, Kiefer on here. And then I'm just going through like the roster on the website and I'm trying to watch as much of the shows as I can that you know that they put up on YouTube and everything. And I see you, you got the bucket hat. You dag on, got the dynamite thing going on. And I'm all imagining thing about freaking JJ from goddamn good times and all kind of shit. So, like, you say you get that from Booker, but that's what I'm seeing when I see it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I didn't say, I didn't say that's not what you're supposed to be saying. I'm just saying that, uh, that was something that was told to me. Um, <laughs> this is what you're doing. So, oh, that's snap. what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 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 no. Nah. Uh, but it's cool because I wanted to change. I wanted to go away from my Blake Broadway stuff anyway, even though it didn't really have a theme to it. And by theme, I mean like it wasn't really like a how I have like you know the setup of Dynamite. You know, you know where it came from. Blake Broadway just kind of just came from itself, yeah. so it kind of had its own thing going. But people just went for it anyway. They didn't really care. They're like, oh, man, I like that. That's dope. Whatever came out to all the lights. You know, it was perfect. So. Uh, you know, it is what it is, man. And and it's a lesson where people, some people have this issue where they can't do something different and stay over. They, 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 if they're not doing their one thing, then they just can't figure it out. And then they turn into just whatever it is. No one cares. So when you don't, when you're not doing your idea and you thrive at it, then you should be able to thrive at your idea times 10 or thrive at an idea that someone else gives you that you don't like. So I, I was perfectly cool. I loved it. I was like, oh, well, let's see, we'll make this work. And yeah, I, I feel I probably would have been in the mode of like, all right, y- yes, Booker, I, 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 yes, sir. <laughs> mm-hmm. So cool. All right, man. Shit, it has been an awesome time sitting down, getting a chat with you. I mean, we got to wrestling at some point, but man, everything, yeah, right. Everything that you were speaking about, as far as the movie industry, you know, military life in general. I mean, just your traveling from the west coast to the east coast to down the south and everything i mean i really enjoyed it man awesome well i appreciated talking to you man it was um it was it was fun it was fun like, like telling my story like telling my story to whoever will listen <laughs> yeah and uh with that being said man um we're reaching the end you got anything you want to plug twitter accounts instagrams Oh yeah, man. Awesome. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the the Twitter and the Instagram, man. Need some loving. The Twitter Twitter's doing pretty good, man. Uh, it's funny. A funny quick story. Uh, my my uh favorite one of my favorite artists of singers of all time, um Nixon from Framing Hanley, and uh, he's the that's the band that did that cover of Lollipop. Lollipop was real big. And that yeah. rock cover came out. He's a singer from that. And the whole Orton thing. I'm like, 
Uh, I saw him on there. I was like, man, it's not every day you see your favorite singer of all time sharing a chuckle from a tweet and uh, uh something like that. And he's just like, thanks for the love, bro. And he followed me. And I'm like, oh, my God, my favorite <laughs> singer followed me on Twitter. Like, and I was I was acting like a little schoolgirl, man. I, I'll admit <laughs> it. I was acting like a little schoolgirl. So that Twitter, man, Double J Blake, man. If I get a follow on the Double J Blake Twitter, that will be awesome. Post all my events. You know, you can reach me there. Um, pretty much up for conversation at any time. I will respond. Because uh, I'm petty. At, at best, I'm petty. <laughs> so, <laughs> I will respond to everything. And uh, the Instagram is uh, the actually the Instagram just changed it. It is also the same. It is uh, it is double J Blake. So and that's just one J. So just double J Blake on both of those. Facebook JJ Blake. I'll pop up. Boom. All right, man. Once again, yeah. I appreciate you taking the time out to chat with me. I appreciate you doing what you do for our entertainment. And um, hey, man, you've been on the show once. The door is always open for you to come back to do whatever you want to talk about new events or just what you going with your career. The door is always open for you to come back. Awesome, man. I appreciate that, man. And I will be back. I will be hitting you up in the future, man. Check in with you. All right. I appreciate that. All right, man. Take care. And that's it. Another episode in the books well actually it's not in any books it's on the internet on my laptop on my hard drive on my thumbstick because i have uh, many backup contingencies in case my computer crash because it's a piece of shit and i lose all my stuff so i got it in the cloud i got it on my hard drive i got it on a little thumb drive that i keep on my keychain so i mean it's it's in many places it's also on the internet <laughs> you know so if anything, I can probably just re-record the shit, which would be a fucking hassle. I like to have all my things, you know. And um, big shout outs to J.J. Blake for, you know, giving me his time and chatting it up with me about some Iron Fist and all that other stuff. And also um, big shout outs to Hoppy Rogers for another tale. And uh, that what do you think about that? uh battle rap response from ray from the naked porch yeah man hey if you want to vie for the voicemail championship go ahead and send your battle raps in whatever show me some skills zyme sir john lee bumpy 103 whoever come on freaking venus versace and that's a future guest that's gonna be on here pretty soon she's a female rap artist she, she run with zyme in, in that circle or whatever and uh, she got an album out called uh, Chasing Galaxies. If you want to check that out on Spotify, SoundCloud, and all those other places. She got a video for a song called Freak 2. And um, you can see her hindquarters on there. <laughs> that, ain't, that shouldn't be the reason you watch the video. You should be looking for the lyrics and the visuals, representation, and the artsy stuff. But you can see a butt too. Anyway... <laughs> Once again, man, I appreciate everybody for listening. I sorry for the audio quality, but hey, man, shit changed on the fly, and I didn't know I was going to be sitting here in my motherfucking big red machine talking that shit that I talk here on a weekly basis. And once again, if you're in the Lafayette, Louisiana area, I gave you a description at the beginning of the show of uh, Jacqueline uh, Landry. She went missing on the 23rd of May. Uh, keep your peoples open, man. Uh, call that number if you um, find out anything or you see anything. I think they have a Facebook page as well. 
Um, you can look on shit. This thing's so small, I can't see. Kind of like my penis, but hey. Facebook at uh, Finding Daisy Lynn. And that's a D A I S Y L Y N N. Also, this print is so small. But um, I'm pretty sure I got some other missing persons pages on Facebook and everything. But that's um, what I got, the information that I have. So uh, keep your eyes open. Send your prayers out to the family that's missing their child. And hopefully that she comes home safe. And um, since the Random Ramblers with Rob is a part of the Hush Your Face Entertainment Network thingamabobber or whatever. Um, after I sign off, you're going to hear our almighty Hush Your Face musical stylings by um, one of the hosts of Three is Comedy. I forget the names, man. You think I would know this shit since I'm a part of something? I would know people's names and their shows and shit. But anyway, you can find me on Twitter at It's B-Rob. That's I-T-S-B-R-O-B. If you want to talk professional wrestling and any other general shenanigans, that's the place you can hit me up. Also, the show has a Twitter. You can reach the show on Twitter at, wait for it, R, 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 underscore, podcast. That's three R's, underscore, podcast. I also have a website called Random robcast.com to where you can find all my other social media accounts and my guest list and other ways that you can support the show monetarily um, there's Amazon links um, there's uh, merchandise and you can donate via um, the patron account like Brandon McIntyre and Glenn Abbott two great individuals that donate to the show and you can too just uh, click the links find out how I got three tiers a dollar, three dollars, and five dollars, and you get some cool stuff, digital downloads, handmade stuff by me. You get random shit in the mail. It's cool, man. It's cool, baby. Also, you can find me on Instagram where I walk around Walmart and uh, do random things or vlog, as the young people say. Also, I am a co host on the Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company is a wrestling talk podcast, which we just celebrated our one year anniversary, which is, you know, their one year anniversary because I just joined like a couple months ago. <laughs> but check that out. If you want to find that show, you have to look up the NAI Network. It's a stream on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, and everything to where it's multiple shows on this feed. And the Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company just happens to be the one that I am a co-host of. Like, subscribe, and review. Also, I was a guest on the most recent episode of the Poor Boys Podcast. I also was a guest on uh, Horribly Awkward with uh, Sean Fuller. I think it was episode 83 or some shit like that. Well, look it up. My name is in the title. I think it's not the most recent, but it's the one before that. I also was a guest on the RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk uh, podcast for the Cinco de Hosto festivities. That's their most current episode that's up, and I'm on it. So I'm in the multiple places, baby. You can find me everywhere. I'm in the wind. But anyway, I appreciate you for listening. Uh, prayers to the family of uh, Jacqueline Landry 
And um, I'll see you next time. How's your face, motherfucker? Coming straight to your ears A podcast network that's changing gears Bringing fresh funky pods with a fresh funky beat A family of pods that are bringing the heat There ain't no stopping us Keep coming back to us Sick ass pods that'll make you hush www.hushyourface www.hushyourface www.hushyourface.com